Okay, good evening, and we end... Yeah, take two. We end in a format which looks shockingly just like a regular Silmarillion film project session, um, which is kind of cool and, like, quaint in its own way and everything. So um, so here we are. So I'm now going to uh, unmute all of the relevant people, which I can now do. So there's Brian, and here's Karita, and... Here's Marie, and here's Nick. Okay, very good. Brian, your 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 laugh isn't nearly as as sinister as Nick's laugh is. No, I have a uh, I have a very I don't want to say elfin, but maybe um, <laughs> gleeful laugh. Is okay. Okay. Plus, he says he's so sleepy, so he's probably going to be super punchy tonight. That's awesome. What yeah. time is it over there? It, it is now 8 in the morning, but I've been up since 6.15. Okay. And I went oh to bed gosh. around 2 in the morning, so I'm pretty yeah. I loopy. I, uh, I, I salute you. I'm pretty loopy if I wake up at 6 in the morning, too. Yeah. Mostly because 2 o'clock in the morning is about when I usually go to bed also. So, <laughs> so yeah. I was going to say, you might be loopy when you get up at 10 in the morning, but I oh, won't say that. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it, it was, it, it was like the, the expression that my son Matthias gave to me when I told him I was, you know, I told him that Webathon was happening today. And he said, when are you starting? And I said, 11 o'clock. And he just gave me this look, which said as clearly as anything, like, you're going to get out of bed before 11? You know, like, it's... <laughs> He had no faith in my ability to wake up early enough to start me, this webathon. Did you tell me that it's like a wholesome tradition that you sleep in on Saturday? Saturday is like the one day in the week that I can yeah. actually catch up on the sleep trade. from sleep depri- from from my week's sleep deprivation. So yeah, I usually sleep in pretty late on Saturdays. That's the way of it. That's the way of it. I've been looking forward for years for my kids to become teenagers. I remember, like, you know, parents who used to just get so annoyed when their teenage kids were still asleep at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And I've always been like, oh, I can't wait. I long for the day when my kids are sleeping until 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It's going to make it so much easier for me to sleep until 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It'll be like a it'll be like a retreat of silence for my wife, the morning person. But anyway, okay. Um so let's talk about film film stuff then. Uh, so we're we're here this evening. This is our special film film session um, in which we are not only um, uh, just discussing the film film project in general, as we so often do once every two weeks, but that we are meeting. This is a special meeting with our script team who has been working hard doing script outlines and correcting our errors and, and the many other laborious tasks of the script team. Um, so this is a, a, a combined, special combined session. Well, you know, <laughs> it's well, Karina, you know, Marie corrects the errors and uh, the rest of you correct my judgment and, you know, it's all good. Um, uh, except when I'm right and you're wrong, which happens sometimes. And the, Yeah, exactly. I'm still not convinced. We figured out the island. The island's fine. Island's fine? Okay. Yeah, we're good. The island's fine. I'm good, which is all that matters. 
No, it's fine. It's fine. All right, so I, I, I'm just taken with that phrase. The island's fine. Don't worry, everyone. The island will be fine. Um, so yeah, we're good. <laughs> we're good on the island. Um, uh, okay, so found another way to do what we were doing there. Okay, you're gonna. You're, oh, all right. That's very creative. See Excellent. there. That's very good. Yeah. Yeah, work around the uh, the irrational stubbornness of the execs is yeah, that's that's good. It's everything else that is ruined. Everything else. We can't talk about episode two at all tonight. Episode two is a sore subject. It's not a sore subject. We just basically have to do everything all over again. Ah. No, the sore subject is that we have a frame at all, apparently. That's I see. No. Well, no, 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 that's not a subject at all. No. I don't think it's a sore subject. I think it's something that we can we can quickly address and move on from. So, yeah, let yeah, me... I think we'll, we'll be fine. That is excellent. Let me start off with a brief uh, address on that subject, um, which is mostly like kind of a recap of where we were, because I, 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 I get the impression that some people who object to our having a frame or are concerned about our having a frame either never did hear or have already forgotten the session that we did in season zero when we talked about the frame and what the whole goal of the frame was. Um, the point of doing the frame is not just to... Um, the reason I am not only wanting to do a frame, but totally in love with the idea of the frame um, is... Because of the 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 way, and re, you'll remember, Dave was actively hostile to the concept of a frame. He did not want a frame at all, yeah. um, and he got talked into it. And what talked him into it was what I really love about it as well, which is it gives us an opportunity to bring to to do several things. One, it enables us to bring the the tales of the elder days into contact with the third age story, which is much more familiar to everyone. So this gives us a touch point, not just for care, not just in the sense of like, so this random story that we don't understand is being told by somebody we're familiar with. That's, that's not the, that's not, that's not the point. It's not just that we get a speaker for the, for the tale, you know, like a, a, you know, as if we were getting a voiceover or something from a character who's familiar. Instead, what it gives us is it gives us points of contact with third age stories that we know, right? Um, so as we're talking in the second age, you know, or in the second season, I mean, um, as we're talking about, you know, the elves and their decision to go over to Valinor and uh, ultimately their the decision they're going to move towards to return some of them and all that stuff. Um, we bring that story into contact with the choices of Arwen and Domiel, right? Who is making choices about does she stay in Middle-earth or does she go to Valinor? Um, the, the, the sort of the, the parallels there and the, 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 thing that, the, the things that that enables us to do, not just for the sake of familiarity, not, you know, not just for the sake of bringing that in and saying, like, well, I know who Arwen is. I don't know who those other people are. It's not just that, though that helps. Um, uh, but but again, by by bringing into contact the third age stories and the first age stories, it enables us to do more and cooler things with both. It's all about um, it's all about telling stories. That's why I'm excited to talk about the frame tonight um, in 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 thinking through the frame as a whole. So I'm thinking of the whole arc of the of of the frame because the the story, the overall story that the that the frame is telling is one that should be very um, sort of thematically connected with the story that we're telling in the actual, you know, in the in the in the first age plot. Um, so 
so you know that's something that I think that we can uh, that we we already we're already have uh, have have begun accomplishing, and I think that we can um, that we can that, that we can do this, and it just it just adds a lot. It adds a lot to both stories. So I think that that's well, a pretty exciting opportunity. I think it's also consistent um, with kind of all of the decisions that have been made so far for adding material. Mm-hmm. Um, when we decided that we were going to take a closer look at uh, at Melkor, you know, the the purpose for that was, you know, what is Melkor's story? Right. Because we have a lot of sort of static characters that exist in the material that we have that people complain about as flaws in Tolkien's work. And the main reason for their staticness in the stories that we have is that their their arcs are over by the time they enter yes. the story. Yes. So it's not that they don't have those arcs, it's that we just don't get to see them. Yes. And giving people an opportunity to see those arcs in this uh, adaptation, I think, is a really right. valuable thing. That's, that's a really good point. Yeah, that, that's that's a great way to, to, to think about it. And it gives us the opportunity to do... I mean, even, even what we're doing within the frame helps with that, right? I mean, like the... The kind of background to Arwen's story that we're able to give during the Arwen frame in season two is a a big deal. Yeah, I mean, it, it enables us to do um, to do much more. So, so I mean, that is more more with her story and set up more with her story. I mean, think about when we get to Arwen and Aragorn. In, you know, over the course, you know, when we actually get the primary narrative up into the Third Age, um, we will. You know, having already introduced Arwen's character in this particular context, you know, having had this juxtaposition of Arwen's choice with the cho- the original choice of the elves, um, you know, gives gives that story and gives her background a kind of weight that it just would not have on its own. So, so yeah, I think it's it's uh, it, it 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 opens up many many more opportunities, and that's really what I love about the whole frame thing. I agree with that um the only thing that i do want to be careful of though is that you know the the, i really love the frame of season one Mm -hmm. um because like there were a lot of obvious things that could be done with it there were a lot of um really awesome little nooks and crannies, and we were able to do a lot to inform aragorn's character so that when we see aragorn as an adult we we don't have to go ahead and have all this character development to make him interesting because we already like him. We already know him. We already know why he is the way he is by the time we get to him. So we don't need to go through it and make him this wimpy guy who's like, Oh, should I be King of Gondor? Should I not be King? I don't know. Right. Right. He's not that guy by the time we get to him. All right. Um, This frame to me is something that's a lot more difficult to, to work with. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't mean it can't be done. It doesn't. It you know none of that is is true. But I do feel that the objections that will that were raised about the frame do tell us that there are some issues that we need to look at carefully, and that we should be working as hard as we can to to make the story make sense, so that the frame isn't just something that we add on because it's something we have to do. That sure. it's actually adding something to what we're doing to the work as a whole. Right. right. So we should try to that's make the frame not... good is what you're saying. That's exactly what I, I agree. I think that's a good direction to go with it. That kind of echoes a little bit of what I was thinking as I was reading through the notes that you guys kindly sent to us. Um, 
and I, and I, you know, I thought to myself, how do I say this? Because it's, it's more of a feeling and I'm not sure how to say it, but I think you kind of touched on it a bit there, which is one of the things that we did in season one without being too precious about it is that we did, there was a link to what was going on with Estelle and, 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 and Elrond and his mom, who I just suddenly forgot her name. Um, Gil Ryan, yeah. To the, yeah, right. Um, to, uh, you know you to, to the story we were telling. <laughs> right. And and we, I think we've done. You know, I know that we're doing or we're we're working on doing that same thing. But I just, I think the thing that came up for me when I was reading Oh Hush, I think the thing that came up for me when I was reading. Um, sorry, I came to bed, but I kicked the door open, so he's like, uh, um, is is because we're doing it now separately from the episodes. Is I'm a little too concerned about we get a little bit too heavy on the frame, you know, get too involved in the story of the frame. I think it's, we need a light touch with it. I, I think for me, that's what's doing it good is there's a light touch. I think we did that with season one. I do agree that there's a little bit more, it's a little more di- challenging uh, mm-hmm. this season. And I'm a little concerned about us getting a little bit too de- detailed, too story, too story driven of the frame. I can't believe I'm saying that. Anyway, I, 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 <laughs> well, I'm having a hard time. Hard, 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 Right. Writing, but right. it's just I'm a little concerned. I don't want it to get too heavy. You know what I mean? I, I, well, I, even if we only do five minutes per episode of frame, we still have an hour to tell a story over the whole season. Right. Yeah, right. Well, what, what my concern is, is is, what, is it only going to take five minutes? Because some of the stuff that I read, it's like my thought was, how are we going to develop that? How are we going to actually develop that aspect of the frame without it taking some time, you know, so I yes. think that's the thing. I do think uh, we need to make sure we're, we're making it relatively short, but... As it exists <laughs> right now, as the frame exists right now in the outlines that I've read, um, it, it does seem like, actually, there's almost not enough, um, and so the the stuff that I guess sent you yesterday, because I'm always so timely with all of my work, uh, was uh, making an effort to kind of expand some of the space that the frame would take up if necessary. Um, I think there, I think you're right. There's an opportunity here to spend kind of too much time on the frame because for me, I mean, the, the, for me, the material that the, the, the arc that Arwen is working through is not any less complicated than the arc that Aragorn went through in the first season. So, uh, I know there's been some suggestion that there kind of isn't enough action, um, but in terms of drama, I think we've got plenty. So, right. My my, well, my 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 quick thought here is I think that because I agree with I agree with Trisha's concern. My my concern is that I think the way that I would articulate it, Trish, is that we don't want too much to happen. Like we don't need that less less plot. More, you know, drama is good, but less. Pl- if if we're constantly changing settings, like if if Arwen is journeying all over the place and doing lots of things and interacting with lots of new people all the time, that's going to take a lot of time right. to set up. Right. Um, yeah. And that's one of the questions we had at the very beginning was, how are we going to do anything other than just have Arwen sitting around and chatting with Galadriel and 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 Celeborn? Now I'm kind of like, actually, I'm pining for the days of her just sitting around and chatting with yeah. Galadriel yeah. and Celeborn. That might be better in some ways. I um, mean, if you think about it, in season one, we have three characters. We have Elrond, Gilrein, Estelle. Yes. In this season, we potentially have a lot. We have at least twice that number of characters, potentially, right? We've got her mentor, yeah. we've got Arwen, we've got Aladdin, El, 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 El here. You know, it's, it's we've got like six right now. I think I can count. Yeah. 
I'm wondering if we don't maybe think about maybe dialing it back, or, or I don't know. You know, I mean, I it's funny because I, I was I loved the idea of having the twins in it, but I don't know. The twins are basically in one episode, so I don't I don't think that that's gonna wreck anything. Um, that particular episode might be a little heavier on the frame than the others, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, like one episode is not going to break anything. Well, we had some of that in season one where we had yeah. a couple of shows that were a little heavier on the frame. I think that's good. Yeah. And I do, that's good. Well, because I had read in one version where they were going to like basically be there for the rest of the season or for four or five episodes. And that was kind of what got my attention. But if it's like one episode. I'm oh, struggling to think of how, I mean, I, it's possible. I, I, didn't, I got uh, halfway through the season before I gave up and decided I needed to sleep. But... Uh, I, th- I, it's possible that they could come back in, but I'm trying to think of how thematically that would work, and I don't really think we should, uh, we should bother paying them if it's just going to be for a cameo. <laughs> so that's okay. Money's no object. Well, it's up, fine. They're yeah. going to show up in 15 years, right? For with the great company. Yeah, like they've got plenty of time to do their yeah. part. Yeah, yeah. Well, my, I mean, they're introduced my, in season one. Were they? Yes, they were. Yeah. I don't remember. They're in the frame in season one as well, but just for a few episodes. Oh, okay. Well, then they're they're in that they were. And then I think later on they're teaching um, Young Estelle how to do Oh, stuff. that's right. Yep. I do remember that now. Yeah. Um, so, my, my biggest concern is still that, like, I don't want it to just be something that you could just not watch or somebody watching it later on. Like binge watching it, like say, you know, back in the days of DVD. Whoa! <laughs> right, right. Anyway, some something that somebody would just be like, "Oh, this is still the frame, so skip," and then they get to the main story. I that's what I'm concerned about. Right, is that I, we're just going to have this add-on thing at the beginning and end of the episodes, which doesn't really. I mean, yes, it adds something to the show as a whole. All right, but if it doesn't add anything to the in, the individual episodes, we do have a problem. That's the trick, yeah. right? Though I mean, is that you you have the overall story, and you're absolutely right. Um, there does need to be uh, a a non forced, non hokey connection between what's going on in the frame and what's going on in that episode. And it has to be interesting. Yes. Yeah. I, the the point that I had made um, a little bit earlier this week was that. Um, we don't have maybe the plot tie-in, like we don't have the explicit references to uh, to a story being told specifically to someone, but that doesn't really concern me because the, the thematic parallels are pretty heavy-handed and obvious. The questions that Arwen is wrestling with are questions that our main characters for each episode are also wrestling with at it within the, the main narrative. So, I mean, that maybe is slightly trickier to write, but you know, that's, that's not, that's not nothing, right? right? Those, those parallels and those contrasts between those characters are, are specifically designed to help the audience understand what everyone is going through and give them, you know, some idea of where they're headed. So, we also have to have some kind of resolution to something by the end of this this season for for the frame. If it's going that's to what be... we're here to talk about today, that's right? right. I, understand, but I, I just you're welcome. <laughs> um, 
that's you know th that my big concern is that we're going to get to through th 13 episodes and we're going to have been vaguely touching on this the same question 13 times and then we don't actually resolve it um for me i think arwen's resolution has to be at least pretty heavily implied uh, but we can't obviously resolve too much because we got you know the second half which is the return to middle earth for season three right am i right about that the second half of season three or season well, this, two for me like the the, the whole story of well, i guess it's not the second half but like the first three or four episodes of season three would be kind of focused on sort of the fallout of the Noldor returning to Middle-earth, right? Well, yeah, that... Yeah, that right, yeah. but Arwen won't be there. Right. But, yeah, that, so that's what I'm saying. I have Arwen be the frame for season three. I think... Right, 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 right. Uh, yeah, I think... Uh, wasn't it, wasn't it uh, Teenage Aragorn who was going to be the frame for season three? Yes, that's what that we had discussed, yeah. 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 So, I mean, for me, that, that kind of... Like, Arwen's resolution kind of needs to sort of foreshadow and forebode the death of Feanor Tywin. That's what I would be, that's the, that would be the end goal for me for this season. Does that make sense? It does. I, I'm... I agree that... It's basically contrast, right? Yeah. You're, you're looking to contrast yeah. uh, Feanor's very wrong-headed return to Middle-earth right. with Arwen's very right-headed decision to stay yeah and that is a challenge because um the actual decision that is Feanor actually leaving uh choosing to leave his speeches about leaving and all that stuff is going to be in season three um right so by then we will have kind of left Arwen behind the biggest challenge that I can see in the story of the Arwen frame is the resolution like that is coming to a resolution and a resolution that's right. going to fit because the climax of season three, uh, three, season two, season two ends with the darkening of Valinor, right? We've got Morgoth right. being revealed as the villain that he is and he comes in and he's, and then he, so basically the parallel, <laughs> the parallel that's established at the end of season two <laughs> is not, is not, is not Feanor and, and Arwen, it's Morgoth and Arwen, right? Both of that's them choose Middle-earth, right? Well, Both of them come, come to decide to stay here. Valinor is wrecked now and not right. worth going to anymore. And oh, that would be terrible. And Middle Earth is good. Like that—that that cuts have... my heart right open. Yeah, but yeah. we don't have the to other thing is Right. Do we need to have Arwen's decision be absolute by the end of the season? Could it be provisional? Like. Oh well, she's got to kick the can. She's not made her choice yet. Right. She falls in love with her. She makes absolute decision. Her absolute. Right. Right. Yes. And that's the problem. I, I mean, mean, we're not going to get much catharsis by the end of season two if, if she's just kind of saying, around here for now. To, right. to me, those decisions are part and partial, right? Like, she, she doesn't, to me, she doesn't decide to stay with Aragorn unless she's already decided Middle Earth is, is the right place for her to be. Like, Good. So that's just yeah. sort of icing on the cake for me. Brian, I agree. And, 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 and here I'm thinking about Arwen's words to Aragorn. Remember her first reaction, right? The first two things that Arwen says to Aragorn, right? He calls her Tenuviel, and she's like, why'd you call me that? And he says, I, I, I was thinking about Tenuviel. I thought that you were 
my song coming walking into reality because you look just like Tanuvio, and she's like, I get that a lot, right? So that's the first thing she says. And the second thing that she says is she says, um, my name is not hers, but perhaps, you know, my doom may not be unlike hers. In other words, it's on her mind, right? Like, this yeah. is clearly not... I mean, I don't yeah. read Arwen as being like, I'm so infatuated with the hunky guy in front of me that I am instantaneously and suddenly forming this resolve to stay in Middle-earth. Like, it's on her radar screen before she meets yeah. Uh, yeah. Aragorn. Well, maybe, so I agree. I think that that should definitely be true. Arrives at the end of season two. You know, that statement that you just, that she makes. Right. That my doom may be the same as hers. That could yeah. be where she arrives. That's actually, that would be a really interesting line to give her at the end of, it, of the, of course, we don't know who Luthien course, is, so that would be challenging. Would, but but. If, she, if she's already at that point, at, at the end of this season, it's going to kind of diminish the weight of her decision to, to stay with Aragorn when we get there. I wouldn't I totally say, disagree. That's such that's a huge weird. departure. Yeah. And actually, like I think I think that could be a good happen. thing. It's it is big enough by itself to me. It is big enough easily. by itself. But also at the same time, I think we actually have a point gained if it does if we don't make Arwen just look like I would go to Valinor, but my man is here and I'm going to stay by my man. Like it's not just a it's not just a love thing, boyfriend. right? Yeah, no, no, no. yeah, no. I'm I'm not saying that she's not already thinking about it, but what I'm saying is that she's thinking about it rather than. It, like there's no indication that she has already decided she's made that a choice. Yeah, not going to Valinor yeah. by then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's something she's thinking about, which isn't the same. Yep. Agreed. 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 By the way, um, we interrupt this discussion to give a brief update on the status of the donations. Current high donation is two hundred and fifty dollars. Two hundred and fifty dollars oh. is the new high. Uh, to wow. win the veto power, the the ability to make a unilateral creative choice about an element. <laughs> My wife would shoot and creative in, choice in the film film, <laughs> and that unilateral choice, like uh, like firing the execs, does not count. That's it is a veto <laughs> of a particular creative decision. So that's that's that is. That Not is an the administrative decision. No personnel decisions. <laughs> no personnel decisions are attached to this. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And don't forget That's the uh, the drawings for the two books that we're that we're doing as well. So. Okay. I choose to rely on my dulcet tones and so instead. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Okay. All right. Well, so as we work. With Ar- at the end of the season, it's not. I mean, in my mind, it's not so much that she's made a decision, except that she's got a like presentiment. You know, it's it's yeah. like uh, we should we should be able like, to to guess what she's right. going to do. Right, right, right. But she hasn't absolutely said, "I'm staying." You know, I mean, yeah. But yeah. Well, that's that's my concern. Is that without that, do we have a strong enough ending endpoint for the uh, for the season? Right. Is there? I think, yeah, I don't see why not. I think that we can craft a scene where she expresses that she feels at peace with where she is right now, and that she's happy to be there, and that she's home. And if the whole point yeah. of the season was to establish where is Elvin home, and she right. says, "My home is here," then then we've done that. Right. Hmm. Well, for Arwen, right? Like, I think one of the main selling points is really how individual. Like, Arwen needs to come to the understanding 
in the season, and it needs to be pretty explicit that every single elf needs to decide where elven home is for themselves. And I think we've been driving towards that pretty good so far. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, she, she's going to have an interesting contrast with Galadriel, who's longing, you know, who's, yeah, who's living in exile back. and longing to go back. Yeah. And that's going to be an interesting contrast. But I do think, I think Marie's right. I think it can be written in a way that that does make a satisfying, you know, conclusion for the frame this season. Yeah. Now, a quick question by point of comparison. What is the climax of the frame of season one? What re- What is the final resolution at the end of season one? The final resolution at the end of the frame of season one is that Elrond goes ahead and tells Aragorn about the the war to begin all wars. And Aragorn, at the end of it, at the end of it, well, at the beginning of it, he, it, as Elrond's telling the story, Aragorn says, oh, yeah, finally we get to learn about this this huge battle. And Elrond's just completely, like, beyond irritated that we're still right back where he started from. He goes through and tells the story, and then he's like, so you can see, right, why the battle wasn't a good thing, why it wasn't a great thing that they had a war. And Aragorn points out that without that, there are all kinds of great things that wouldn't have happened and Elrond sees that he's, he's growing up basically that's mm-hmm. the like there's a specific point where you can see wisdom growing in this 10 year old child right 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 well see that level of resolution I think is surely well within our power in season two, right? In fact, what we were describing with Arwen and the the kind of realization and comfort that she was coming to at the end sounds actually quite like that, really. Yep. The first step on a, on a much longer path. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and, and really, like, you know, the kind of cool thing Adriel's is... Seeing reaction to her yeah. too could be quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the kind of cool thing is to, is to look at the... Um, to look at the overall shape that we're kind of working out in in the first cluster of seasons together, right? I mean, we were talking about putting at least one Hobbit um, narration in there, but um, start, you know, getting like the the beginning of the growing up of Aragorn, and then the beginning of you know, then the growing up of Arwen, and then you know, and then up to season five with the you know, and then more growing up from Aragorn in season three, and then. Um, you know, Arwen and Aragorn, you know, meeting and falling in love in the frame of season five with the Baron and Luthien story going on. Um, you know, that that actually in itself makes for a, a pretty good overarching shape for all that. I agree. That I 100% agree with. I still want Sam to tell the Ina Lindale. You still want Sam to tell the Ina Lindale? <laughs> Go all the way back like two years ago to season zero. <laughs> That was the hill I was going to die on for season zero. You could have a cameo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, he wasn't born yet, so it doesn't really work. Yeah. Uh, we can have Sam narrate the second Eindelin delay after the Dagor Dagora. There you go. There That's you go. right. Get yeah, the second go. one. Let's definitely retread that ground randomly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, I mean... The, it, as long as we're kind of like keeping this kind of thing in mind, 
and how we have to be pretty careful with this one because it would be very easy for this to just fall into. We have a moment where <coughs> Arwen, Arwen talks about the decision, and then at the end of it, she hasn't decided yet, but she's learned a little thing, and then it, like we just do that 13 times. Right. Right. It, as as long as that's not what's happening, I'm I'm okay with it. I just want to make sure that we're kind of keeping in mind that if we're not careful, we're going to have issues. Right. Right. Frankly, I think we're way too smart to fall into that sort of pitfall. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nick, I, I really. It's true. I'm not really too concerned at all. Yeah. It, I don't know who this we is you're talking about. <laughs> we're also. We're also, frankly, far too humble to fall into that kind of problem. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That hasn't been a problem thus far. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. So, why don't we actually start talking about the the you know where we're starting and where and work toward where we're going? Yeah, and let let's. Let's do this by thinking about. Um, I mean, you guys have been thinking through a bunch of things. You've been you've been working on outlines and 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 have a, a whole you know thinking through a bunch of different suggestions and things. What are some of the some of the events? The you know so we've already talked about some of the characters. Obviously, we have Gladriel and Caliborn. And from the beginning, we talked about Gladriel and Caliborn as being sort of obvious you know, obvious touchstones for the two basic Elvish points of view, right? The Galadriel who is longing to return to the West and Celeborn who's never left and never really seems eager to leave. So you've got the staying in Middle-earth perspective and you've got the going to Valinor perspective um, in those two. Um, what other characters do you do you think we should definitely introduce over the course of the season? And what are the events that you would like to that, that that you guys think we should depict we, we can kind of sort them out and decide you know so so issues like I, we should talk here about the Arwen's mentor issue which is something that you know that came up and um so yeah tell me about characters or issues or 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 those kinds of events and things um and then after we kind of get a little more comfortable with those we can then lay them out and decide how we're going to how we're going to organize them episode by episode and what what connections we want to establish there. I think the one thing I'm, I'm not particularly clear on is how the mirror of Galadriel is working within the frame that we have so far. Mm. Um, what exactly Arwen is seeing and how it influences the story is important. Yes. And I'm, I think I'm a little hazy on what the mirror does and how. Um, yes. Did we talk about the mirror? Because I'm like, where's the was, mirror? That was 100% our idea. Okay, right. But that's a good idea. I mean, Lorraine with Galadriel, the mirror is there. The question is, how do we use it? If we use it, all that. Yeah. Right, right. Which I feel like I, I would be, I would be so, I would be so saddened if we didn't take the opportunity to introduce the mirror of Galadriel when we're sitting there in Lothlorien this entire time. Right, right. Yeah. I guess that's true. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I think it's a great idea to use the mirror because it, it is an interesting piece of elvish magic if we think about it in those terms. Yeah. But I think we should be careful that it's not just um, oh, they can see the past or the future or the maybe future 
I don't know. Well, I'd also say it's not something that, that I would think Arwen can just use whenever she feels like it. You know, yeah. I mean, I would think it would be it would be a session much like Galadriel had with Frodo. You know, maybe there's some kind of uh, crisis or some issue going on with Arwen that Galadriel feels that this is something she needs to, you know, shepherd her to the mirror and have a conversation with her, and, you know, much like she did with Frodo, so that Arwen can look, maybe to ease your heart or to, you know, like you talked about, I think Marie, somebody did, you know, having it be the, the, the seeing her mother's uh, rescue, for example. Um, but I would think that it would be something that Gladrill would bring her to as a special thing for a particular reason, um, you know, so that it, it's like the way she does with Frodo. Because it's not like, you know, sitting out in her garden that anybody can just kind of come by and take a glance at it. Well, well, that's true, but Arwen isn't Frodo either. I, I don't necessarily disagree with what you're saying, but I, I, I do think that Arwen is possibly trustworthy enough for her to have access and not overuse it. Because obviously well, the mirror is mirror Galadriel. We don't even know if Celeborn looks in it. That's, that's true. Galadriel. No, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I would think it's not necessarily that Arwen automatically gets to use it, even if she is trustworthy. I mean, I, that's the, that's my question. I, I just... yeah, I agree that it's not automatic. It's just, it is there. It could be made available to her should we want to go that direction. That's all. I mean, what if instead of there being like a session where Galadriel's like being a spotter for Arwen as she stares into the mirror, <laughs> she could just say, like, if you want to use if this, yeah. you, if you do this, you can. And Arwen thinks about it and does or doesn't, um, but I don't know. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, the other thing is I just don't, because the thing is, you know, if she has free use of it, then we'd expect to see her using it a lot. I mean, I, I think what I, if we're going to use it, I, and I agree with the idea of using it in the sense of, heck, you know, we're, we're kind of showing all kinds of other third age things, you know, as part of this, this frame. But I think if we're going to use it, let's make it a one, one-off, not I, something oh, that yeah. Absolutely, and I think um, I, if I remember reading it correctly, I, I remember Galadriel basically saying something to the effect of the mirror being perilous because it doesn't always show you what you th like. You're not always seeing what right. you think you're seeing. Right. So, it, so we could definitely show something to indicate how very careful any of the elves would be about using something like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could picture a scene. I mean, this is her grandmother, after all. So, I mean, I don't want to... The parallel with Frodo, I don't mean that. But I, what I mean is that she sort of hosts... Arwen. I mean, I could see sort of a sit-down with grandmother and granddaughter saying, you know, I, I, I see that your heart is, you know, hurting, or I don't know. She'd say it much more poetically than that. You know, and then introduce the idea of... you know, And, and have her say pretty much what you just said, the same sort of thing. You know, let me just warn you, if you choose to look in, you know, what you see may not be absolutely true either past present or future or something like that and then we have Arwen look at it now what she sees I think is open for discussion as well but, um, but I, I just set up from grandma before Arwen goes and looks at the thing if we're worried about it being overused we could have Arwen be somewhat surprised or taken aback by what she sees and therefore not interested in looking again mm -hmm. I have a I have I have an idea I have an idea. What if, um, what if part of this 
okay, because a couple things here. I'm 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 trying to th- I'm trying to wrap my mind around the whole mirror thing and how that could be used. Because the thing about the mirror is that on the one hand, it's the thing that you look into when you're trying to figure out like what to do, and and you know you're it's like you get but and, but yet at the same time, Galadriel says it's 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 you know it's it's perilous as a as a um as a guide of deeds, right? You know, if you, if you make up your decisions of what to do based on what you're seeing in the mirror, you can sometimes get in trouble. Um, but nevertheless, I would think that looking into the mirror would be something, but what we see happen in the mirror is not like, it's, it's not like we could use the mirror as a framing device, right? Like she looks in the mirror and in the mirror, she sees episode 10 or something like that, right? Like that's not, that obviously can't happen. What she sees would be fragmented images and things like that. But yeah. could we actually use that? Here's here's well, what, like foreshadow the end of the season or something. Well, like that, or no. What, what I'm at, what I'm what I'm what I'm thinking. I'm thinking of something first age though that she'd because okay, like if she were to want to look into it. I'm wanting to connect the mirror, the mirror of Galadriel, because the mirror of Galadriel can obviously show things from long before. I mean, Frodo appears to see, uh, you know, the the ships of Elendil coming across the sea from Numenor yeah. in the in the mirror, right? So clearly, you can see things from the distant past in the mirror, as well as things that are far away. And so, I'm wondering if we could actually use the images of the mirror within the story frame for her to try to understand, like maybe what she's seeking is not. Golly, Grandma, what should I do? Right? Maybe that's not her question. Maybe what she's doing is she is asking. Um, she's been hearing these stories about, um, you know, what happened and what what Valinor was like. But she realizes being a being an elf born in Middle Earth um, and having lived on, I, I I can't really I can't really imagine Valinor. I, I don't know what you know when 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 we're talking about Valinor, I don't really know what we're talking about. And that's why Galadriel shows in the mirror to say, well, look. And you can see. And what she would see would be a series of disjointed images of Valinor, right? And if she did that, and and, and here here comes the big payoff, we could use this to actually further our story in one of those places where lots of time passages and we just want a montage. We could get a Mirror of Goadriel montage. Maybe we get a montage that includes lots of like Morgoth whispering to Noldor and folks and setting up the unrest. Maybe we can put it back into the noontide of Valinor time. You know, when things, I'm not sure where we can, one way or the other, there are a couple places where time's passing. Can we end with this weird, unexpected segue into what turns out to be the bear, you know, like Lucian story? I mean, some weird, some strange little, I was just thinking. At the end of her vision? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the end of her vision, where it's not really explained, but it turns out to be like Lucian and Baron first. Then, how about a shot of a shot of Thuring Wethel that turns out to actually be from like season four? Or that turns out to be Luthien. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Thuring Wethel. Yeah, that's that's kind of cool. Well, I, like I like that. how we've moved from being careful about showing Carwin. Uh, Calabrian's rescue in the mirror to showing <laughs> events from all over history of Middle Earth. Yeah. Here. Oh yeah. I, saying, do like, I do like the idea though of Arwen sort of seeing what she is deciding against because she doesn't know what Valinor's like. Yeah, for yeah. her, 
to be an informed one because yeah. it adds impact. Yeah, it. exactly. And I would not think that she would need to see the rescue of her mom because she's got eyewitnesses she can talk to about that, right? I mean, like, they, they can... Yeah, we need to see it, right. No, we can show a flashback. We can do that. You know, have have one of the twins telling... The, you know, but basically have the context yeah. of the flashback just be her brother telling her the story of how it happened, right? Right. Well, um, the, the whole idea, though, was like trying to give a, a, a more... Like, a different way of showing a flashback other than just showing a flashback, which we've done before. That doesn't mean we can't do it again. I'm just saying that... Right. Right. Yeah, the the idea was to, to do mix it, it up a little, right? Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I understand. What, what if we? Can we had a Valinor montage, and she sees what she's deciding against, but we also see maybe her mom arriving in Valinor, and maybe a very oh. quick segment of her mom being rescued, and that contrast of state of when she's just been rescued and how terrible she probably looks, versus yeah. that relief when she's finally in Valinor and, and can be healed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, then, that, that, but then that puts, that puts the reveal that Calabrian was rescued at the same time as that she went over to Valinor. No, no, no. I think we can just premiere scene in a later episode. It'll, it'll be fine. Yeah, right. The premiere scene for me is not until like episode six, I think, or maybe five. It would have to be even later because um, we probably would want the Palantir to exist in the main story about the time that we get the Mirror of Galadriel in the frame. Yeah, I was, I was oh, I like that. that. Too. We were just talking yeah, about the Yeah, I think, I think it could I, be pushed back. Yeah. I like Corey's... I, I'm enamored of Corey's idea because it, it, it connects us to the main story. Yeah. I think yeah. that's one of the things I have about seeing Calabrian and all that. It doesn't connect to the main story, really. It's just, I don't, you know, I mean... It, I mean, I do think the idea of having one of her brothers tell the story is great, but I just, I think the idea of, especially the Miracle-Adriel, to, to this whole thing of seeing Valinor, I, I think it does connect really well. I mean, I think we can have that fit with our main story really well, wherever it happens. I think the only connection I can see between uh, Calabrian and the the main story is um, with Banorthoff and her choice. Mm. Um, they're not the same, but there are strong yeah. parallels there. Yeah, how about a juxtaposition I mean, <laughs> of the two elf women lying, you know, uh, we would, yeah, we would have, Muriel have and, 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 and Coebrian. At that point in the season, relatively early in the season to do it. I mean, that's the possible. idea is that, that not all hurts can be healed yes. is something that they have in common. Yes. Yeah. But that, then, then it would be showing up before the Palantir, though. Right, it would be about well, episode six. Yeah. Well, but that's, that's the part with her mom getting rescued, which is her brother's talking to her. That's not the Miracle Adriel scene anymore. Though, let's talk about this for a second, though. The the Palantir relationship. Um, I'm not convinced the mirror has to be after the Palantir. Why should it be? I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty obvious sort of uh, surface level. Connection, sure. They're, they're very similar. Like they're both grand vision, right? We're going to show people in the main story using the Palantir to look at Middle Earth. Yeah. And now we're going to be using Mirror of Galadriel for Arwen to be looking at Valinor. But wouldn't so, it be kind of cool to have that and to have the one anticip the the one that's chronologically later anticipating the one that's chronologically sooner? Like, I think that could work. That could be fun. Um, I like one episode, but like you wouldn't want to separate it by. 
Well, I don't know. I kind of like it. It's it's for always. It's it's thematically similar, like we do other things thematically similar. You know, they're not exactly the same, but they're thematically similar. And not to mention the fact that yeah, you don't want to do things that are that are similar like that too close together because if you do, then it reduces the impact of it. Right. That's kind of sledgehammer. Right. Right. Um. It's kind of, and I'm trying to remember that there was another thing that was like that that I was that I was saying I don't I don't necessarily want to do this two episodes in a row. Oh, um, oh, it was uh, the the homo the homo dreams. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, Brian, you and I were talking about this. Yep. Like, I, don't, I don't think we want to do dreams from homo and forming the yeah. plot three episodes, three episodes in a row. In a row. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Why not? <laughs> I guess, yeah. He's a busy guy, though, Omo, you know? I mean... They're different from each other. I know that they are, um, but how are we going to distinguish between them to the viewers? Well, I mean, oh, I think visually they're pretty drastically distinct. Y- yes, but functionally they're different in that I think you have a little bit more control where the Palantir's con- yeah. control is concerned. And Unless you're done in North. At, right. Um, well, well no, but that was a special control. case. It, it was yeah. just Sauron was overpowering him. Right, and there's right. also, you can do two-way communication between yep. Palantir, which you can't do with the mirror. Otherwise, right. Sam would have been able to yell at Ted Sandyman himself. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> which I would have enjoyed. Which he tries to do anyway. Yes. But, yeah. Yes, he does. It doesn't work. Yes. And a disembodied voice came out of nowhere and Ted Sandyman was like, who was that? <laughs> That would be awesome. That would have been the best part of Lord of the Rings. If <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like uh, Bill Fernie's comeuppance might be might be still up there for me. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with that. Bill Fernie's going to be fun when we get to when we get to Bill Fernie. Awesome. Yeah, right. ten seasons from now it'll be great. Ten? That's ambitious. Um, yeah. How much I, are we going to cut? <laughs> I'd like to talk real quick about the the Arwen's mentor thing. Okay, yeah, let's do that. That's all right. Let's do that. Um, okay, so what we did, what we're doing here is we're fixing the problem where we don't have enough immediacy from uh, Calabrians uh, from Calabrian passing into the West um, because it happened 400 years ago. It happened far away, and we can only show it in flashback by by working on having Arwen's mentor, who can only who we can only establish a relationship with through flashback, because she's leaving from Rivendell, so we never actually meet her in person. So we have to establish this relationship right. in in flashback that allows us to feel the impact of the fact that she's going to leave, even though we're not going to see that happen. Right. That's problematic. Because now we have different levels of flashback in the frame, and the frame's only a s- small portion of the episode. Right. So to have the audience tell the difference between the flashbacks to Calabrian's story and flashbacks to Arwen and Rivendell is, is asking them to keep track of which time frame we're flashing back to. Yes. And the whole purpose of not having it be immediate. It would be much better if Arwen's mentor would be a character that we could meet. Mm-hmm. 
in the frame, like in real I time. I agree. Well, right. um, is are you guys still want? Do do you guys still want her, the mentor? She's a neat character. I just want her to be much more immediate than she right. is. Sure. And we were actually thinking about the possible. I forget whose suggestion with it, this was, and I think it may have been Marie's that it actually be somebody who's a little bit clo- that it actually be a close friend rather than a mentor that's leaving, which okay. makes it kind of. <clears throat> I mean, I don't see why she can't be both. But. Yeah. Well, it's it's possible, but it, but um, someone who's obviously a peer rather than a far off mother character. Right. 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 Yeah, Karina, that's a really good point because we don't want to create a like, hi, my like pseudo mom to my yeah to replace yeah. my dead mom and yeah. There's my dead mom, my grandmom who lives here, and also this mentor that is some I go to more often than I go to Galadriel. Yes. Yeah. It takes a village, guys. <laughs> in, in Rivendell, we it takes a village to raise an elf princess. Rivendell, that's fine. But in, in La Florian, we, we're kind of heavy on mentors with Celeborn and Galadriel being yes. there. Yes, so yes. Yeah. friend is at least a different yeah. type of character. I agree. I agree. I like that idea. And that, and, that, and that cuts her out of the main story, basically. I mean, if she's a peer... Right, so she's not going to be involved in the in the in the season two main plot like we were considering making the mentor there at Quivianen or something. Like Arwen, she could be a granddaughter of an elf who was at Quivianen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I really like the idea of Arwen having sort of a sister figure because you got to know with like twin brothers, she had to <laughs> run away. <laughs> right. And, she... and talk about secrets and right. try and shoot like. Daisy chains. <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong with a good Daisy chain. I, I didn't say there was. Because they're in Florian. Yes, Eleanor chains. Eleanor chains. There you go. <laughs> they can have matching bracelets. I don't care. Right. Um, right. But that does give a certain closeness that she's going to be super sad about her, her friend losing. I, I, I um, friend and spend time with a friend before the decision to leave happens. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I would think that <laughs> uh, I would I would think that um, that a, a last visit to Love Lorian before I go into the West would be an easy sell too. Like I don't think that's a that's a difficult thing for them to do together. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that's true if, if oh okay you so you're saying that that her friend has come to Lavorian with her rather than being somebody that lives there. Typically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's a little, it's not really on the way. <laughs> no. No, but it's not, it's not about that it's on the way. I'm just saying. I'm like, it had to be. I'm just saying. I'm just yeah. Man, the Lothlorien Festival, whatever we call it, is a big, is a big deal. And she's like, oh, I got to, I got to get this one last party in before I take off. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Besides, they're it's elves. Like, they're elves. They're not in a hurry. Like a Lorian person of Burning Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I, I think I know where where Brian's going with this. By the way, but that's that's fine. Okay. <laughs> Nick is anticipating that we're setting ourselves up for pro- for trouble later that we don't anticipate. Is that the is that the issue? <laughs> No, 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 no. It's just other suggestions that I think he's 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 logically creating. <laughs> we're we're towards. positions for it. Yes. Okay. This is the advanced moves. We'll be in checkmate soon. I got you. Okay. You're giving me way too much credit. It's still <laughs> way too dang early in the morning for anything. Like that. All right. Fair enough. Okay. 
so tell me about this festival. Let's yeah, also... yeah. Let's talk more about this festival. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what was the what was the impetus for the festival? I forget. It was the the celebration of. Um, it's a of Starlight this... Festival. Yeah, yeah. It was a Vire thing. I don't remember well, how we came up with it, but I remember Rivendell, being very in love with it. In Rivendell, it's an, it's a festival to Elbera. And yeah, specifically. It's just explicitly. Stars. Yeah. Okay. Xmas versus Christmas. Right. In the modern <laughs> parlance. Arwen is, happens to be in Lothlorien when they're celebrating it, and all of a sudden she, it, it, it actually kind of becomes almost a who took the Christ out of Christmas kind of thing. <laughs> moment. Yeah. Right. Because she, she realizes that all these people are celebrating everything and nobody is mentioning Vire at all. Varda. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. a different person. Yep. They're, they're probably not mentioning Vire either, to be honest, you know, but... I was going to say, that's interesting. We're going to do a festival to Vire. That's kind of an interesting... Uh, <laughs> the Weaving Festival. Come on, well, everybody. We had a tapestry involved. Every, nobody right. can speak. Yes, everybody that's has true. We did have the That's right. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> wow, that sounds like a great time. Grab your shuttle and distaff and let's all be silent for a weekend. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Elf parties, man. <laughs> so, so the you know one of the ways that we were introducing this is that, the, and this was how I believe uh, we had introduced Galadriel in episode two when we were initially outlining it. And we were actually doing um, the, the frame narrative during the outlines. Um, was that there's like a formal gift giving and receiving. Uh, ceremony, and this is how <clears throat> this is how we introduce Galadriel with proper pomp and circumstance, um, without it being weird that it, you know that Arwen is being this stilted around Grandma. Okay, yeah. right. And so when Arwen presents her gift to Galadriel, it's an image of you know of the stars. But it's also it has Varda actually creating the stars on it, and so the you know the non Calaquendi who are present are like uh, someone confused. All, right? They don't they don't really get it. It's not that they I I don't feel like they're going to be like upset or offended or something like that because they're they're not atheists or weird yeah. stuff like that. But <laughs> they are. We really leaned into that, man. I, I yeah. I'm just pointing <laughs> that out because we've yeah. had this discussion before. So, yeah. but um, but they are a little taken aback. It doesn't dawn on them to be thinking in that way. I feel like out of all of the things, uh, if we had a list of things, the festival is the thing I would be sad, like the least sad about doing away with if it took oh. too much time. <laughs> I will fight you. I, okay, I, I don't agree. <laughs> I just, if sacrifices had to be made, I would I would drop that thing first. Yeah, it choose would not, your weapon. If we were running out of a burning building, I would not take the Festival of Stars with me. Right. I will carry the Festival of Stars. <laughs> right. Okay. okay. Single handed if needed. So be. so okay, so let me see if I'm if I'm if I'm understanding this properly. Because I'm I am with Trish in the sense that uh this this 
this has been the element of the the frame that you guys have been talking about from the beginning, which has been most opaque to me, mostly because I didn't think of it. So therefore, it's like completely <laughs> alien. And I'm like, whatever. Now you know what it feels like, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Okay. All right. So anyway, the thematic focus of this, therefore, is it still does work into it. So what you're saying is that the Festival of the Stars in Rivendell is basically Valinor centered and the one in Lothlorien is Middle Earth centered. And that's what brings. So Arwen is coming in seeing the 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 more Middle Earth focused and it's it, it it's giving her this kind of new perspective on what like on elvish culture basically or sort of this new recognition of the this this kind of division of thought among the elves between those who are oriented towards valinor and those that are oriented to middle earth or yeah yes that the second one is yes that's it's it's a it's a codified expression of basically all of the the main you know conflicting themes that we have for the whole season for everybody Okay. So, Dave Kale, you may not know what we're talking about. We're talking about this festival that is like was news to Corey and I. So you right. wondering what the heck it is we're talking about. Right. Yes. Okay. Oh, Dave's here. I, I saw hey, that. Dave. Like Dave. What festival? Like Dave. <laughs> <laughs> the festival, man. Get with the program. <laughs> hey, welcome, Dave. So yeah, it's a festival. They're doing a. Fe- they're throwing a party in Lothlorien, and they do the party differently there. And Arwen gets like all grumpy about it because it's no, it's no, not no, like no. Christmas she, back she, at she home. Not, and she's not no, she's not grumpy. Actually, she's she's not even aware that she's done anything for a little bit. Gal- Galadriel is the one who kind of like. Like has a little knowing smirk and is like, oh, oops. Oh, does Arwen screw up the ritual? Hasn't any? Not not that it's a ritual. It's just a gift giving. But the 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 subject of the gift is very explicitly on Varda, and that kind of everyone else is kind of like, hmm. I mean, I know it's star related, but we don't really do that here. Shouldn't these folks know better by now? Like throwing festivals. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't mean look. Just because last time somebody threw up all over the bathroom doesn't mean we stop having parties. Well, I was okay? just, I was, I was, I was, I was hoping that we were going to get to the point in the festival when, like, the dragons and Balrogs come in. You know. <laughs> yeah. I, well, we were talking about have this festival extend into episode into the next episode, so we could definitely have some kind of catastrophe. I was. I was. Yeah, I was the, building up to that. Yeah, sounds like an invitation for um, for Sauron to invade or something. Yeah. So clearly, yeah exactly. Invade. Clearly, what happens is that the werewolms, after leaving the Battle of Five Arms, <laughs> during the second episode of this festival. That's what happened. Right. No, I yeah. think it's actually, we find out that actually it's Lothlorien that's the gateway to Angmar, not Erebor. There you go. Oh, See, who would have seen that coming? Considering oh, how many festivals are going to get interrupted by fire and dragons and such, it's probably nice to show one festival that's actually just a festival at some point in the show. All the rest like, of the disaster. Yeah. Um, like super, super cranky doomsayer at the end of the party going, man, nothing even happened this year. That's right. I should have been there at the other one. This is such a lame festival this millennium board. Uh, you're still like, you know, a third of the way through. That's a not third. a third. 
Oh no, we've not actually made progress per se. Um, yeah, no, you're giving us way too much credit with a third. Yeah. We're kind of brainstorming still. Also, we only started one hour ago. So yeah, it's, it's that's also true. It, we were delayed. That was not our fault. That was no, God. no. Yeah, that's mostly my fault. Um, uh, uh, but I, I did offer to help, but you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little nervous about Elf Christmas. I am. I I don't hate it. <laughs> It just makes me nervous because well, we're, okay, what is this gift that Arwen gives? Is it like a painting? Is it a tchotchke? No, it's what a tapestry. It? It's, a, it's, it's a big old tapestry. So back yeah, to Vire again. Or, or oh, that was cunning. Illustrate her skill with embroidery. Yeah. 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 Or foreshadowing the, the unfurled banner of the white tree. Uh huh. There's an awkward oh, silence party. Yes. And, yes, it is. And then, like, I don't know. I don't know, you guys. Like, this sounds like a Christmas special to me. I could see the use of the festival as a unifying event. You know, I think uh, somebody mentioned earlier, you know, here we have this frame where, like, nothing really much happens kind yep. of thing. So the preparation for the festival and the fact yep. that this festival is going to be happening could be something that's going on to sort of provide a thread of continuity. Yep. This the more as I was writing this week, as I was writing this week, I kept coming back to man, like the festival seems like the perfect thing to kind of get us from uh, one episode to the other. Because otherwise, you know, watch out, Karina. Now you're going to have this episode, this festival take the entire season. That's right. Well, yeah, we basically. Could, we could like, have a parallel mismoot, you know, so it could be, it could be like, <laughs> like, like organizing and producing this mood, right? It could be really interesting. Give us a lot of promotional opportunities. Um, <laughs> well, hang on, hang on, hang on. There's, there's so, also some opportunities specifically for, like, uh, for dealing mechanically with the mentor. Why did she go with? Uh, why did she go with Arwen to Lothlorien in the first place? Well, the festival right. provides a really good excuse for that. Then you know how much of the festival does she stay for? Does she stay for the whole thing? Does she leave early? Like, I don't. You know, I don't. The, I don't think. Okay, to... An excuse. To yes, go. I, I agree. It's her best friend, and it's like, yeah, I'll go with you. And yeah, she's going to Valinor, but now. like, if she goes to Valinor now or a month from now, who cares for an elf, right? You know, just like, right. so, <laughs> like honestly, right? But if she's, she's going to get in that that last sort of, oh man, this is my favorite festival of all, right? The, the, right. the celebration well, of Varda. I don't know. I, and I, I've heard that it's awesome in Lothlorien. <laughs> that's right. That's whole, right. Yeah. They don't they don't talk about Varda in it. I just missed. Well, we know the festival may last 100 years, right? I mean, Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important to remember that the whole reason that elves will be leaving into the West right now is that it's right after the Battle of Five Armies and the roads are safe. Right. So it's a yeah. good time yeah. to travel. Like, that's the yeah. whole reason this is happening now. Right, but it's been a good time to travel for, like, it, it, it's going to be a good time to travel for, like, 50 years. So, they I mean, don't know that. What, it might only last for two years. Well, still, but all they need is a few weeks for her to make a little junket into Lothlorien. Also, Arwen's been here for at least 10 years. Right. Right. Good call. She can come for the last decade of her time in Middle-earth. Seriously, I don't think the time frame thing is that, like, you know, having having the friend be constantly glancing down at her watch and tapping her foot like I am so going to miss my boat. Why am I here? Like, I I think that that's just that really it doesn't need to be doesn't need to be a thing. 
but it's okay. Coming back to coming back to 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 the, the the festival and Trish's point from the beginning, I, I think is really important here. I think I don't mind the festival as a as kind of a, a like a backdrop essentially. Um, and some things can happen, like a, the, the you know the festival as a backdrop to the introduction to Galadriel is kind of cool and could be worked in several different ways. But I feel like the more stuff we try to squeeze in, the more we're getting into that danger territory that Trish was talking about, about having the having the frame itself require like 15, 20 minutes of screen time in order to develop like what's going on and who cares. Like, so like the whole thing about the whole thing about like the, the main thing that I would urge cutting is the stuff about like Christmas and Xmas, basically. I mean, I could, because I don't see how that could be established clearly and well. Now I know you're going to say, well, that's the whole thematic core of the thing. And I, I understand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but what I'm, it's just, I, I, the more I think about the, like actually what it would require to convey that on screen, it would require a lot of time in the frame. And I don't, I don't think we need that much time in the frame. Again, I'm kind of longing for the days of, Arwen and, and Goadriel and Calibor just sitting around talking in the frame in every episode. You know, uh, I, I I don't necessarily know that we need to devote a ton of time to the 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 particulars. Um, yeah, like gift giving protocol in and, the second uh, episode. Yeah. In the second episode, it becomes clear that Arwen has made some sort of a faux pas. Like for me, this is a jumping off point for most of the discussions that the characters are having like it kind of mm-hmm. they're they like Arwen's understanding of what exactly happened when she gave her gifts over the next several episodes is kind of a, a starting point for their discussions about the, the the different conflicts that are you know the main conflicts for each individual episode right. so like I don't, I don't think we should be given to understand that we need to have a huge exposition dump in one episode or two episodes about like well let me just explain to you how the the various traditions that exist in Lothlorien for going back 150 years or whatever it is like that would be absolutely the wrong angle to take right yeah. right and and I, yeah I and trying that, to trying to convey the cultural difference between Rivendell and Lothlorien and everything like, that's just like to try to lay that out is going to take massive exposition yeah that would be a waste of time we what we ought to be given to understand is that there is a cultural difference we don't have to know the particulars at all really um, outside of like, okay, Varda is a much bigger deal here uh, in Rivendell and not as big a deal here. For and why is go in the because because there's more there's Moriquendi in Lothlorien. There's Moriquendi in Lothlorien, and they don't they're not into it. They're not into it. They're not as they're not as into it as as yeah. That was the that was what I recall being the big deal of. High elves in yeah. the river than there is in the world. Yeah, way. So, this, yeah, exactly. This, I, was gonna, I was, was going to point that out too, Marie. Yeah. Bringing up this cultural difference would actually fit into the main story when we're actually doing the. Right. Uh, that was part of the, 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 elves, the idea. Right. right. Yeah. So, the idea was to kind of introduce it here very right. quickly and then kind of expand the. Uh, ex- Expand, expound on that a little bit more yeah. in episode three when you're going to actually see the Avari and the um, right and the rest of the elves <laughs> and to contextualize it for the third age because that's something that I know for a fact didn't occur to me 
after several readings of the Lord of the Rings. Like, what exactly was the difference between Elrond and, you know, um, Haldir or any of the, you know, any of the, the different elves? It didn't occur to me that there were any differences until way, way, way later. Right. So. Right. Um, okay, well, see, I can... I, so, are we thinking about this as possibly like a framing mechanism for the episode on the Nandor, like, you know, when, when, um, when, you know, when the Nandor decide to stay and, and I mean, is, is, is that the immediate context? Cause I mean, of course they are Nandor, like that's who the Goathrim are. They're Nandor. Um, so yeah, I can, I can definitely see that and how they would be different. And of course, Goadriel is, as Murray was pointing out, the only Calaquendi in Lothlorien. Or at least, you know, on a regular daily basis. And um, so she would clearly be in a different place, uh, you know, figuratively speaking, um, in in thinking about <laughs> these whole, you know, all of these festivals and things. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, to me, really, to me, the, the more interesting cultural gap, I agree with you that there would, doubtless would be between Rivendell and Lothlorien. But to me, the really fascinating cultural gap is between Galadriel and the people she rules. Well, and that, that was yeah. kind of she was she was sort of the introduction to it. Is yeah. that she's the only one? Everyone in the audience is confused by the gift that she's given from Arwen. Arwen doesn't know she's done anything remotely out of the ordinary, and the only one is is Galadriel sitting on the on the throne, kind of going, "Oh yeah, of course, I should have seen that. <laughs> I should have seen that coming." <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know why I didn't think of it. But, well. That, so what you're talking about, the, the Nandor splintering, that takes place in episode four. So we could have this going on between, you know, as a through line between episodes two and episode four um, so that we can so, – and we're, we're working through that as we're, as we're separating – as we're doing the sundering of the elves, essentially, like the, the major sundering. Right. So I – I have a little bit of a question here in the sense of uh, so, so Arwen Arwen is a, an adult elf when she does this, right? Yes. I mean, yeah. this is the first festival she's ever attended in, in all of the years. In, in no, in Lothlorien. How, how often do they have the festival then in Lothlorien? Once every thousand years or something like that? I mean, 700 like years. An annual thing. 700 years seems like a good number. Yeah. And how yeah. old is Arwen here? I mean, I just, it's like to me, it's kind of strange. If I'm watching the show, my 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 thought might be, well, I don't understand this. She's a mature adult elf. How could she not know? I mean, how, I could see this happening to a teenage elf, you know. But why would it why would it take this long in her life to not understand? Especially with given she's surely visited Larian before. Well, <coughs> yeah, yes, but there it could be like there's any number of things that you can go to another place that you don't go to super often yeah. and mi and misunderstand even as a grown person. You know, I mean, like, I've been to China before. Let me I tell you guys about Japanese Christmas. Right. Right. Except here's, the, here's the problem. <laughs> is you're having to explain it to me, and that's that's my concern. Well, I think we the way we would explain, explain it... This. I think the way we would explain it in the script would be as a cultural difference, and therefore... Arwen would be like, oh, I didn't know. And Galadriel would say, of course, this is the first time you've been to this festival in Lothlorien. Right, right. and she didn't say that so before. It would, just, it would just be said as 
there's a difference, and you just didn't know because it's new to you. Yeah, and not I'm dwelt still, on. I'm still having a hard time with that because she's been visiting Lori, and she's not she's not sequestered. When she's has she been? Has she been visiting? Lori? Well, she's been there like, for this, ten years. The, question, the underlying question here to me is: What are we given to understand the trafficking? between Lothlorien and uh, and Rivendell happens to be. Because that, I'll be honest with you, is not super clear to me in any concrete yeah. form. Yeah. I don't I don't know how often that, that trip takes place. Don't Especially not for the, elves. Uh, relationship between Arwen and Gladra pretty well established in terms of being grandmother and granddaughter, or is that just something I've inferred? No, no, no. Yes, absolutely, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that she, that our yeah, she's making the trip every, every week. Years. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, well, no definitely not every week. You would take. No, not every week, but surely she'd be there and she'd be there for an extended period of time. And as I say, she's not going to be sequestered. She's going to be talking to other elves and stuff. I mean, I would think she would pick up a cultural difference even without a festival happening. I'm just, well, I'm just, I'm just being devil's advocate here. I'm not against. No, you're, you're doing the right thing. Um, angles here. I don't think she should be. I don't think she shouldn't be aware that there is a. a cultural difference between Mori Quendi and Kala Quendi. I think she should just not understand the particulars of this particular festival. And to that end, like I said... How about if she does it the other way around? If she's fully aware of the difference, but she still gives the tapestry to Galadriel. That sounds... No, I I don't... That's okay to me, because it's a... a, it's a familial gift. And I don't mean it. it like, mean she's not, I mean, it's yeah, she's simply... not trying to be rude, but she's she's not overly concerned with the fact that, you know, uh, some yeah. people are not going to get this. Like, that's yeah. fine to her. Yeah. Um, I mean, to me, the issue is probably more of this whole issue of being a faux pas. And, Oops, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I have a little issue with that. But if she knows, but it's not an issue for her that she knows. You know, it's like, but my right. grandmother's not. She's a Meldo, you know, this is her a gift for her. So I'm doing this tapestry right. for her. One know, of the um, was to, to increase the amount of learning that takes place over the, and the increase the amount of character development that takes place over the... But the I think I think it could just as easily be a, uh, a talking point. <laughs> I think it could just as... A strong reaction. No, well, I think it could be just as, as easily an introduction to what we're trying to talk about if, if Galadriel and Arwen have a moment where they're like uh well like Galadriel is like ribbing her a little bit like you knew that was going to be a thing right and she's yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah I know but you know yeah. I wanted to do this like entry to the conversation yeah. Yeah. yeah I think maybe some of our framing of this difference culturally can be done with color schemes and costuming a little bit yeah, if we make for it sure. obvious he is not dressed in the latest fashions of whatever those are, even if she's just wearing a different color scheme. She's dressed all in silver and everybody's wearing gold. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I want to be careful with that because I don't want to be feeling the planet of the past. But That's... see, again, that would, even, that, would even, that would even more point out the fact that Arwen should be quite aware of the fact that there's a difference. If there's yeah. Well, if we're going to lean into it, we might as well lean into it, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, that's fine. It's just, that's, but yeah, I, I like Kind of, I mean, if, you're gonna, if we're going to go that direction, have that idea. I like that idea of Gladwell saying, you know, that was going to cause. Because maybe that's how Arwen is, right? She's an activist. She's going to cause a little controversy. You know, well, I thought it was time for the Lorian elves to wake up, Grandma. <laughs> well, I don't think she would put it in those terms exactly. But yeah, like like I said, it's a it's a personal gift that she's giving to Galadriel. And the reason that it's being done in public is because, well, that's what the station requires, right? 
So have we lost the? By the way, have we lost the activist idea with her in terms? Of, oh no, it's still there. You know, we just like, haven't figured out how to bring it out. I'm. I'm. And looks like we just did. I'm kind of, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm kind of with Karita. Like, I'm, 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 I'm pretty much leaving it inside the burning building. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, it is a little bit cumbersome to carry. It is. It, it is exactly, exactly. I feel like it would take up a lot of space. Uh, uh, Not for these guns. <laughs> but, but here's 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 my problem. Here's my problem. My problem is I feel like this is trying to do things impersonally, which could be better done personally. That is, rather than have this be like clash of cultures kind of thing, let's just have people. Let's just have people talking. Like, meet individual people. So rather than showing people what the problem is, we can just tell them. No, <laughs> no, no, but like, but you're not showing, you have to tell, you have to do so much no, telling in order to establish all the cultural things and the gift giving and who the heck cares about the gift and, yeah, and why yeah, does anybody yeah. do it? I mean, no, it's so this cumbersome. It's pretty, Corey, it's pretty. It is pretty. I'm not, I'm not arguing against the pretty. We can have the pretty <laughs> by all means. Let us make, let us, let us set some of the conversations that happen in the context. Let the festival be going on in the background. The, the completely Balrog free festival festival that is going on in the background can be going on and that'll be awesome but like why do we have to have a big i mean like we can have observations like but at the end of the day we're still gonna have people talking i mean you're you're gonna have people talking right people are gonna be speaking to each other that's all i'm talking about so we're gonna be having conversations one way or another so why not why not ditch the bigger more cumbersome thing where they're chatting about because basically my 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 fear here is that it's just it's going to make it's going to make Arwen look like a prig possibly or a, like yeah. she's either going to look like a like a like a like a, a you know a, a, a hick or she's going to look like a prig and I don't like either one of those looks on her really um far better for like her and Galadriel to be sitting in like you know making like having a conversation about the things that like we can have the festival we can even have arwen like noticing different things about the festival and uh and observing and be like hey like wow this is like a nandor thing i guess huh right like tell you and then glad will be like yeah you know it's how they do it around here and whatever like they can have that conversation is totally fine but i don't want like I don't see any reason why the festival itself and like issues like complex social and cultural issues within the festival has to be the, the, as we know, Arwen doesn't work. That's her whole thing in Lord of the Rings. She doesn't work. The only action she has. Oh, needlework. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. Why don't we, why don't we start like working our way through some actual episodes here so that we can actually have actual accomplishments. Good idea. Um, But uh, first let me interrupt that because that sounded like that was going to be productive. So let me cut that right off. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me, let me cut that right off with another brief update. Um, because we have a very intriguing development in the uh, uh, in the veto getting department, so uh, we have we have uh, a new top donor. But here's the oh, thing: explain to Dave what this is, by the way. Oh yeah, so Dave. Oh yeah, you're gonna love this, Dave. So I'm auctioning off the the, the top the top donor, the top donor for uh, during today's session gets a veto. They get to creatively override any one decision of their choice that we make. All right. <laughs> it doesn't sound like he loves 
loves it, guys. <laughs> it's it's going to uh, be great. How much is the current top donor donating? The Jason Thomas. If it's within reach. <laughs> okay. The, the current top donor, the, the, the top slot is $370.80. But here's the catch. We have, since the last time I updated, had two people who donated $370.80. Oh, so we have goodness. a tie at $370.80. Wow. That's more. That's 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 more likely than it might sound, by the way. Um, it's not quite as arbitrary as the final number makes it appear. Um, uh, but the explanation for that is complicated. Anyway, so yes, yeah, so we, we've we've had those two generous donations. Both of them are monthly donations, uh, which total three seventy awesome. eighty, and um, yeah. So sounds to me like they need to fight to the death. <laughs> 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 there, there, sounds, sounds like it's begging for a Hunger Games. Type. <laughs> <laughs> there are far more peaceful ways to break the tie, but um, uh, with butter knives. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I had in mind. But anyway, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I didn't say non-lethal. I said non-violent. Uh, but anyway. Um, <laughs> okay. So, sorry, uh, Nick, you were about to, to, to bring us all to, to, to heal, and, and we were about to docilely proceed to accomplish things. Okay, awesome. So, episode one, we, we actually kind of worked out episode one without going into without actually doing spending too much time in the frame because we got a lot to do okay right um and we have the flashback to to the the kidnapping of Calabrian we see her her personal bodyguard getting slaughtered and her being dragged off into the woods right um, juxtaposed by her sitting in La, in, in La Florian looking out at the, the smoke rising from what we can only assume is the ruin of Del Voldor after, you know, Galadriel has torched it with singing. Um, <laughs> and um, Celeborn Cal- uh, comes up alongside her. They, 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 she explains what she's going through. Cal- uh, Celeborn uh, tells her the shadow's always been there. They proceed to show the shadow and the battle and how terrifying it was. Right. And they and we come back into the frame, and the I think the the decision point there is that to decide to not do anything is just as much a decision as. <coughs> As not as making as making a decision, uh, as making a decision, as right, de- right. you know, so right. you don't do anything by not deciding something. Right. Yeah. I explained that terribly, but how's that? Sound? Okay. Yep. Yep. I'm. I'm cool. I, I, that's my pretty much pretty close to my memory of uh, of of episode one. Um, right. I like that. I like that. Okay. Good, okay. nice combination of of action packed action torture sequences with elves standing around talking. So that seems like a good balance. All right, there we go. Okay, I'm with you. Yes, because we definitely wanted something to happen there. Okay. Yeah. So, episode two is where we where we're running into the problem with this festival. So, what 
then because if we're if we're moving the the gift giving thing we're just having let me let me get this straight so we're just having the festival taking place we can still do that gift giving scene it just doesn't have to be such a big deal Okay. Like it doesn't. Well, we don't have to have the faux pas. Way, yeah, it's it. a good way to introduce Galadriel yeah. with enough. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. So this is episode two. We're talking about gift yes, giving, yeah. tapestry giving by Arwen to Galadriel in the context of the festival. Right. Is and our introduction okay? She and Arwen might comment to Galadriel that. You know, I had forgotten how. It, it, maybe it's that's better that she, instead of her, she just didn't know she had forgotten how little the festival was <coughs> about Varda um, in comparison to when she has this, when she celebrates the festival in Rivendell, and Galadriel begins to explain to to talk about what about when the is she going to actually start talking about when the ambassadors first were selected and went to Valinor? Because, yeah, the arrival of Orome and the departure of the ambassadors is the is the issue there, right? Right. right. But I think we had decided that we're not actually doing this season as storytelling, so it's right. not like Galadriel is going to tell the story of the ambassadors right. to Arwen so much as Galadriel and Arwen will be having a conversation that is intercut right. with the story of the ambassadors. Right. right. Which right. I find quite... into yeah. And then you fade out and we just take the story. Yeah. Out, yeah. So, like, what is the point that Galadriel is making here in this conversation? Then? What's the, where, where do we go? For me, this was all about the origins of, of the stay or go question in the first place. Like, where, where we need to get at how did we come to this? Because the, the stay or go question pretty much dominates everything else after this point. Yes. No, that's great. Because the, fr- the first frame doesn't have to establish that. The first frame can just be like, yeah. gosh, it's kind of evil and scary here sometimes, isn't it, Grandpa? And he's like, yes. Great. Yeah, you know, it, it totally is. Right. And guess what? It always yes. has been, right? So, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and that, that, pres- that provides the good background to, like, basically, how do we as elves respond to the yeah. evil and dangerous world, right? Um, do we run away from it, or do we, you know... Stick it out. So, given that the, this episode, the main story of the episode, ends with the ambassadors returning to Quivenin, where do where do we wind up in the frame? Or do we go back to the frame at the end and at all? I I kind of like just. Yeah, I like yeah. cutting to credits on the, the sort of glowing outlines of the, yeah. of the three kings, I'm, I'm and, that's, and that's the end of the episode. Yeah, okay. yeah, because I mean, once we get the disappearance of Bobway, what more could we do from there? So we, <laughs> we clearly... I'm, that's enough tragedy I'll bring up Bobway. I thought, no, episode. I'm not going to bring up Bobway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. I was definitely going to bring up Bobway at some point. There's just no way around it. <laughs> we probably do a scene in the frame before we cut to that final scene of the return of the ambassadors. And that might be a good way to get out of the how do the ambassadors get from Valinor. Ooh, yes. In the meantime, they travel somehow. Yeah, yeah. Like that. So in that case, where where do we wind up at the end of this episode then? (laughs) Hmm, okay. Uh, You mean with Arwen? Yeah, with 
Arwen, yeah, with this conversation between Arwen and Galesh, how does that resolve? Well, really, we don't need to resolve anything yet. All, all we're doing in that in that episode is asking the question. Posing the question. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But what does Galadriel say about the question? That's a good question. <laughs> um, no, that's what this she says. What um, yeah. Uh, uh, no, I mean, what I do you expect she's... Galadriel to say? She's going to say neither no nor yes, right? I mean, she's... Yeah, she's... Right. Yeah. And she's going to fade away to the main story, and we're not going to come back. So we're not going to really have Galadriel say much of anything. Yeah. So we're not going to... So, well, I'm confused now. Are we going to come back in, in between to to to... Illustrate the passage of time of the of the of the ambassador's return, or are we not going to do that? Uh, I mean, the frame. I, I mean, Arwen, Arwen should ask a, a clarifying question of some kind. Yeah, that'd like, be fine. Because I mean, we we get through the story of the you know the the trip over to Valinor, and I guess the question that Arwen asks, which is too on the nose, like I don't like the question very much, but it is to me the only question, which is so. So the ultimate destiny of the elves is in the West, and but I, 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 I seem to recall. What were you saying, Trish? Well, I, I was just. We're, this isn't a storytelling, though, right? We're not, we're not depicting the Gladriel telling a story. We don't have to, but if it's useful, I don't. I don't think we should avoid it for any reason. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so, if you like, need Arwen to ask a story, I ask a question, you probably do need Galadriel to be telling a story. Like, <laughs> it just comes up extemporaneously. <laughs> the shelling, being, being I right. mean, that question could come up even if they were just discussing, you know, the, the issue of, of the question, stay or go, right? So I don't think we need to, like, explicitly give the impression that, you know, Galadriel has been telling a story again. Or that the question uh, the she's asking is, is specifically about something that just happened, right? You know, it's, yeah. it's what just happened was they were talking about how there's a difference between Rivendell and Lost Lorien and the elves of Lost Lorien don't pay as much attention to Varda. Galadriel has seen Varda. Wouldn't Arda yeah. ask her? What would what yeah. you think of Varda? Ah, yeah. Yep, yep. That's a great way to hide exactly what you're asking, too. Yeah. I like that a lot. So the question that Arwen asks is, "What is Varda like?" I, I, I may have misheard yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, or just tell me what what your impression was. Like I, I you know, yeah. you also never talk about her, but you better. For her, you know, Varda is kind of an abstract concept for Arwen, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. For most. So what does what does Galadriel say about about what Varda's like? Does she have to well, say anything? She, could, she gets smiled on Mona Lisa's eye. No, she has to say some things. She has to say some things. Um, but I, I think what our takeaway... Like, I'm not going to write that dialogue right this very second. But uh, the takeaway should be that that Galadriel does believe that the ultimate destiny of the elves is in the West. And I remember specifically that we were going <laughs> to contrast that with Kelborn's perspective, where he was kind of like, nah, we got to... We gotta, do everything we can and stick it like he's he's grumpy old man Kelborn doesn't want to go right right that's where we were headed with him a couple seasons from now where well, he's okay. in charge of of uh, Rivendell right in a couple seasons from now like, like 20 seasons from now I don't know however many seasons <laughs> oh, it is okay alright <laughs> taking the Elvis perspective here what Galadriel might say what's running through my head right now is actually from uh, is actually a scene in 
in uh in Star Trek Generations when Guinan is out. Hang on, hang, stay with me. Stay no, with no, no, stay with me. Keep going. You're on track. It, Guinan is asked what the Nexus is like, and she says it's like being inside joy. And Aww. that's not the exact wording that I'm. Yeah. But that kind of some kind of like kind of gnomic statement of yeah. Like good job. Yeah. I win with the Star Trek reference, apparently. (laughs) Yeah. Of joy is the right word for no, 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 no. I like I like your angle. I like your angle. Yeah, Yeah, but that is the kind of comment you would expect Galadriel to make in response to such a question. Yeah. But what her response, whatever it is exactly, her response, um, it should convey essentially a kind of a nutshell version of like why she's committed to returning to Valinor. Like, like this yeah. is this is yep. this is why Valinor is awesome, and I want to go there. Like, it's or at least conveys her own convictions about that without right. her maybe yet explaining. Conveys, maybe it conveys um, the point of view of one of the ambassadors. Like, maybe like why. They thought that going there was such a great idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would. I would be okay with either Ingwe or Finway for for contrasting with or comparing Galadriel. I think they both work in different ways. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, episode six. That's kind of classic. We made three. it through two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're right on track, really. Yeah, we're yeah, on a roll. Awesome. The two episodes that were already done. Great. One is <laughs> oh dear. Okay. So, well, the, these these are the pro- these are some of the, the the things that when we when we're creating these, we have to think yeah. about where is this all going, and and, yeah. and so I just want to make sure that we're we're kind of thinking that through. Um, yeah. Like, for instance, in episode three, we're dealing with the debate. Yep. So how do we augment that? To the Cranky point? old man Kelleborn shows up. Okay. Well, he was there, so he... Yeah, um, of course. Yeah. I think episode three is where we would need to make her friend be a central character. Her friend who is leaving Middle-earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we've now gone two episodes and we haven't even mentioned her once. Yes, so it's time to put her in. Yep. I mean, so she can be, in, she right. be in the background of the festival scene, but... She needs right. to be speaking in this episode. And and it introduces conflict. Like, it, you know, Arwen might not really know for sure what she feels about this, but right. she certainly does not feel the confidence about it that her friend does. Um, so the kind of distance between Arwen and her friend as they discuss this, you know, could argue. be a way to a, a good way to introduce the, you know, the the discussion at Quivienen. Mm. The, the notes I have for... The notes that I wrote yesterday for episode three discuss specifically that uh, this is a, an opportunity for Arwen to recognize the fact that the departure uh, of her friend slash mentor is is at least related emotionally to her mother's departure. Right. She's been for the first two episodes. She's kind of we've had her privately wrestling with um, you know the fact that she is bothered by by the fact that her mother has left. Right. Um, and that it's been brought sort of to the fore by her friend's impending departure. Um, so for me, the end point of this episode is that she kind of has the epiphany that these two things are related. 
and that's why she's she's having the the flashbacks to her mother's um, her mother's kidnapping. Right. I like that. I like that. Would she okay. share that thought with Kelleborn or with the friend? I I said not necessarily admit it to anyone in particular, but that it should be clear to the audience that that's how she's that she's had that epiphany. Right. How how, how would we convey that to the audience then if she doesn't say it to anybody? Um. Sad music. I'm yeah. Sad music works for me. I don't, I don't honestly remember exactly where my head was at because it was. Okay. A long time ago. <laughs> that may be so, but we still need to figure it out. Yeah. Um, Generally, you have to talk to somebody. I, yeah, I feel like probably discussing it directly with the person who is making the decision to leave is probably the more immediate uh, and relevant party to discuss it with. Or, or potentially, what if she has an argument with the friend... And then goes to, to Caliborn, who proceeds to tell her about the big argument. Yeah, I could do that too. The, that big, uh, the, the big primordial argument. Be, well, because, you know, it, it, because... The, it, because... Okay, hang on. I, my brain will kick into gear in a second here. Okay, so... <clears throat> Our, so her friend is going to come to her and basically, you know, basically say, "Hey, this has been great. I'm so glad we came. That we came here. They're going to have like a, a nice, you know, I, I don't know what kind of conversations that women have when they're by themselves because I'm never there. <laughs> basically, you have no idea what the argument sounds like. No, 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 no. I didn't say that." I didn't say that. I, I'm, I'm talking about the setup to the garment because we want to show that they're friends. We want to make sure that we that you can't establish their best friends by having them arguing in the first place. Yes. <laughs> exactly. well, I, don't, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> More into a disagreement. I, I feel like maybe if um, I don't know if my closest gal pal was heading off to Valinor, I probably wouldn't talk to her directly and get enough. Like I might be sad, but I would know this was the last few days we're going to have together so maybe just don't fight um, i i agree but sometimes these things do boil to the I don't surface think, i don't think it needs to be a fight i think it needs to be a t- disagreement right it's they're they're pointed in opposite directions i think it's and that creates some tension arwen considers this her last chance to talk her friend out of it yeah, I think that would be an okay approach. She could bring it up of like, are you sure that you want to leave now? Yeah. By another couple hundred years. And and that could be where her friend's like, no, I'm leaving now. This is the right time for, for me to go. But so her... they could disagree without getting, you know, yeah. there was, no one stomps off in this way. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, nobody's yeah. pulling anybody's hair or anything. Like, that's not... <laughs> Let's not have an Ovish cat fight. Yeah. <laughs> no. Sorry. That's hilarious. Let's, have, that let's just have no cat fights if we can avoid it. Right. So, okay. So, well, aren't we eventually going to kill Tavildo? I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, 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 clearly. Anyway. Clearly, so, so, Arwen's friend <laughs> wins this argument, right? Anyway, um, if we do oh, that. And sorry. Have, sorry. Hang, hang, hang on a second. Hang on. Clearly, Arwen's friend wins this argument, right? Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. because we can't have Arwen decide it. We can't have her with her mind made up on on yeah. what you know. She she can't be like the the hardcore 
no, elves should stay in Middle Earth line, you know, and it's wrong for you to yeah. go. Um, so ba- ba- the French should win this argument so that Arwen comes out of this argument like more puzzled than before. Like, you know, first she was like, I thought I was just having mommy issues, but now I realize like it's a much larger, like, you know, ontological question. And, and, you know, so, so yeah, so clearly I, I that, that has to be. later than this. Um, for me, the notes that I wrote, it's just that she realizes that these two things are connected for her. And I, I think it was five or six where she finally, like, I don't, I don't think we should necessarily shy away from introducing that concept to the, mm-hmm. the audience per se. Right. Um, but I don't, I don't know if Arwen should start the, the process of wrestling with that question personally yet. Yeah. If, I, if we go too fast with it. Exactly. It, Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And this yeah. is and this is where I think again we come back to, 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 to the issue that Trish was talking about at the beginning. If we basically have if we boil all of our elf conversations down into the first few few episodes, we end up in the rest of the episodes being like, and now the further adventures of Arwen as she rambles about everywhere and does all kinds of different yeah. things. And yeah. then there's just too much work to do in the frame. It's too much screen time to establish. Arwen, Arwen takes exactly one step in every episode. Yes, yes. As, as I wrote. Little tiny realizations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, again, I, I agree. And I think that that's, that's one of the things that we have to be very, very careful about. I, I honestly, I'm not bothered by the idea of, of her traveling outside of Lothlorien because it gives us new things to look at and talk about and whatnot. But I do think... I do think that we need to be extremely careful careful about how quickly we resolve Arwen's issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so then she goes to Celeborn. He tells her about the biggest argument of all. Um, or alludes to it. I don't yeah. necessarily right. know if right. I want to right. get another well, story. Yeah. We transition right. into the... Yeah. Celeborn's line seems to be, it's always been this way. Exactly. <laughs> <Every side. laughs> I'm super comfortable with Kelborn being pretty one note. I think that's pretty consistent with this character <laughs> as it exists in published material. Uh, that's a, right, fair so, enough. So, but where, where, where do we go with this then? Uh, you're going to have to be more specific. Okay. At the end of this, ep- at the end of this episode, do we do we come back into the frame at the end of this episode? Uh. Better question is why would we? Which is not why to say we shouldn't. Just why? What is? What is the purpose okay. of that? What are you trying to? Well, do the 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 only the only thing would be to to create some resolution there. If we don't if we don't need any resolution there, we don't have to have it. I just there's, want to make sure that we have self can, so that yeah. we're so that it's actually doing something. Right. Uh, I, I think the, the fact that she's the fact that she's lost in the exact moment. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I think the fact that she's lost the the argument is kind of enough, because um, that is that is putting the that is alluding to the the question to her in a more personal way, where you know we we had the introduction of this day or go question in episode two. Now we're in episode three, and we're approaching the idea of that this is a personal thing, and that elves disagree over it, like as a matter of course, um, and that's plenty for me. I guess structurally, I would like to see us come back to the frame because we didn't come back to the frame last episode. 
But it doesn't have to be, it could be 10 or 15 seconds of Arwen staring out a window. Like basically just the fact, the fact, it doesn't even have to be dialogue. Left the frame, it could be a completely different part of Lothlorien, it could be Arwen staring at a bridged episode four. One with the friend. Actually, we could have her, we could have her walk past the mirror because in episode four is when, uh, is when we had the stuff with the mirror. Now we don't have to do that in episode four, but that would be that would be one possibility. Okay, well let's let's talk about episode four real quick. See, that's a segue. Right. Anyway, um, <coughs> so for episode Segwaying four, segue. Yeah. Um, anyway, you're not so, writing a segue, are you? Uh, well, you know, I'm actually on the chair that I can use as a segue. Yeah, all right. that now. But I will point out that we are 50% further along than we were 10 minutes ago. Kablam! Keep it going. Hey. Keep, 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 keep okay. it going. Okay, so so number four, the, the subject of the main episode is the division of the Teleri, right? So this is where we get... Yeah. Yes. The Nandor settling the down and meeting the elves. This is when we get uh, 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 Elway wandering off and, and meeting Melian, right? Yes. Okay. Um, so. There's an island in this episode. There's an island in this episode. Okay, wow. good, good, good. Excellent. Um, exactly. So, um, I, why do we, if we, um, let's save the mirror. Let's do the mirror later. Why are okay. we? Why? Why would we mirror now? That's that's fine. Well, the the reason you flashback of the mother's rescue at this point. Well, so then why don't we just have the have the have her brother show up then? Yeah, and to, and tell the story of the of the rescue. Right. So she can. can so so the the, the 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 brother one or both of the twins shows up. And is like, hey, Arwen, how's it going? And she's like, hi, I'm kind of having mommy issues. And the and the brother's like, okay, like I, you know, and and so she they t- tell the story, and they're not worried, right? They're totally at peace with their mom leaving because they're like, boy, it really sucked for mom. Like she's much happier and much better where she is, you know, getting getting healing over in Valinor because it was rough on her. And they tell the story. Not reveal that the mom's still alive, so the, she's much better. Oh yeah, like languages. Well, yeah. Uh, it's supposed to be uh, but see the 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 flashback as I understood it though that that we had via the mirror seemed like we were uh so here's what here's what I wrote. Um the 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 main conflict for me um was to further personalize the issue that we just came from in episode three, which is, you know, each individual else has to make the stay or go choice for themselves. Um, and so now Arwen is wrestling more specifically with the idea that why why wasn't it enough to just be back with us and and you know be back with her family? Like why did she have to leave again? Because you know it's a different kind of absence now than when she was kidnapped. Obviously, well, but like there's a little bit of resentment there, you know. Right. right? Well, I, I just I, I think I actually just understood what what Murray was saying in that what when we had originally been thinking this through, we had been trying to once again we had been trying to more slowly um, reveal stuff about right. Arwen's mother. So if if the twins sh- if the twins show up now, we're revealing that that Elrond is Arwen's father. 
okay? Um, but we hadn't revealed in episode three exactly, like, when we left off in episode one, Arwen's mother was kidnapped. Yeah. Okay? That was, that's all that we, that's all that we know, with that she was dragged off. We don't know what yeah. happened to her at all. Okay? Yeah. If we then, and the next piece of information that we get was that she was rescued from her kidnapping. If this is now happening in episode four, right, right, we don't want to necessarily give up the fact that um, that Calabrian's choice mirrors that of her friend. Okay, in episode three, sure. Okay, yeah. So I think we want to be a little careful with that. We know that her mom is gone, and mm-hmm. that should be very clear. But the yeah. audience should assume that the mom is dead. Because even fifty on it, I, I I like it both ways. Yeah, I think it works. No, I, I think it's I think it's good. Again, more uh, do, doing doing less more slowly in the frame seems definitely like the move here. So so I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. And we could even <laughs> even the flashback story from the brother here doesn't necessarily have to end with she's definitely still alive. I mean, when she gets hauled right. out, I mean, when she gets rescued, she's she's alive when she's rescued. But it could be a very non obvious question as to whether or not she's going to survive still. Then that means the, the the conflict of why wasn't it enough to just stay with the family uh, has to be tied to the mirror itself and moved down the line. Right. That means we need a or new sort of six, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. that means we need a new sort of focus for for what Darwin is actually dealing with in this episode. Right. Like, where does she? What does hearing this story do for her? The idea that you can't always save people, I think, because always our protagonist in the main story, and he's going to lose his brother and not be able to save yeah. him, and he's going to lose like half his people over the course of the journey, when they all are like, yeah, we're just going to stay in Middle Earth. And yeah, it's end, true. Yeah. Th- th- this is a kind of a things fall apart section, right? You know, where... where right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So Arwen has to be... This isn't of... how it was supposed to be. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, yep. they could, and they could actually say, because now the audience is confused. Is this woman dead or is she not dead? And right. if, we leave the, if we leave on the line of, well, the same as no, we can't, we can't always, you can't always save somebody. Now they're yep. like, okay, so they rescued her, but it's, that did not resolve her situation clearly. Right. Right. I, I think, I don't know if that's... I don't know if that's personal enough specifically for Arwen, but like in terms of what it does structurally for for the the question that Finway is dealing with, yeah, that's that's pretty obvious parallel. Well, and also and also like in the last episode, like it it will help kind of like if if Arwen is able to reconcile with her friend a little bit better at the end of this episode, that might that might kind of do that in a way mm-hmm. yeah. like this this story has made her feel a little bit more sympathetic to her friend yeah I think that's that's a good angle I think that's enough yeah yep yep because um, it muddles no, her enough. own her it's own thoughts on the, on the matter for her own choice um, one of the things that I got real excited about was the uh, was Finway actually maybe suspecting that Elway has voluntarily abandoned the trip well, everyone else is, right? So, I mean, that's totally plausible. 
right? I well, mean, yeah, exactly, yeah. right? So um, I wanted I wanted Finway and Arwen's kind of emotional state mm-hmm. to be very similar at mm-hmm. the end of the episode. Well, at the end of that episode, Finway doesn't even know that Elway's missing. He just knows that they're far behind, which they've known the entire time. Right. Well, well, I think we had them sticking that. around for a while, and people just ended up getting impatient and then going off. Um, Sorry. I thought we had because uh, since we had extra time in the episode, since we weren't going to be waiting for the, the ferry, they basically hold up the ferry so the departure doesn't happen until later in the episode. And no, so it because kind of they have start to, getting antsy. They can't arrive in the, the the way that the episode structure is structured. They can't arrive on the shore of Valerian until late until late in the episode. Hey, but let's not worry about this right now. Let's yeah. let's yeah, let's, right. let's 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 carry let's on to episode can, five. Yeah, do. exactly. No, no it's not kicking the can. Let's stick with stay focused on the subject. Can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All let's, right. Let's, so let's stay focused. So okay. So that brings us to episode five. Episode five. We're almost halfway there. There we go. Episode five now is is when we have um, what the what the heck is happening in, in, in episode five. This is the uh, Kierden episode, right? Yes. yes. Yep. Kierden yes. all the way on the shore. The Vanyar and the Neldor arrive in of the Alnar. Okay. All right. And it's your elven home. So we're getting so that the one of the themes that we're developing from last time. Is that idea of of which comes which really comes to a head which which we begin to see with Lenway and the Nandor and which we see much more strongly with Kirden is that sense of calling to stay in Middle Earth right that it is like mm-hmm. it is your right. job and your calling and your and your 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 function uh, to stay in Middle Earth. Um, that's not the only thing that's going on, of course, is we got the Vanyar and the Noldor and, and stuff still, but we need to keep that in mind thematically as we think about the frame. So what so 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 what were we thinking about frame wise here then? The brothers just come and told the story. Um, so we get more reveal about the mom here? Um, the, no, we're going to wait me, on that for the next ahead. one, right? For six? Yeah. I, I think we were going to need to have the friends like, up and leave at some point here. Yeah. Oh, so it's time for the friends' departure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we're getting the real the 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 sundering. So you're picking up on the separation, like the Olway Kierden separation, right. and the yeah yeah, right. got it right, good. So this is well, when the, this, this, this is when the friend actually takes off. Yep. Right. Good. Um, for me, the the major issues were <clears throat> um, Arwen kind of begins to think of the stay or go question as uh, something specific to her. Like, okay that she has to wrestle with this question herself the same way her friend is dealing with it. Right, right. Uh, and then um, drawing parallels between Círdan and Celeborn and Galadriel and Finway and Elwin. Right, <coughs> right. So are we going to get, like, an opinion from each of them? Is that how we're going to show that? That's too I much imagine- for one episode. I, I yeah. imagine the friend when saying goodbye would say something along the lines of this isn't forever you'll come someday and we'll see each other again which would oh, make Arwen realize heartbreaking life. right oh yeah I love that love that yeah it's the yeah the friend totally assumes that it's it's I mean because it's a of foregone course. conclusion right I mean of under course. what circumstances would she never come to 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 Valinor right and only the most incredibly unlikely circumstances that they yeah no I love it love that yeah that's great 
chance of chance you call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. All right. I okay. Yeah, so the emphasis is on the friend leaving and her conversation with her friend as her friend departs. And where does this where where so what what what's the one step that Arwen herself has taken here in this episode then? That that she recognizes that the question is hers to answer. Okay. Right. Of yeah. what she's going to do. Right. Not just about other people leaving. She too will have to decide. Right. right. Yes. Good. Okay. Um I would I would not be above uh, actually having uh, Galadriel and Celeborn uh, be present for the departure so that we could kind of at least visually see sort of the the two angles the two choices in front of them like I think they should be representative of the two choices and that at least gives some somebody for Arwen to say that to, to ask to suggest that she is not sure which, what she's going to do and have one of them say you're going to have to decide that I would I would be even so comfortable as to just make it completely visual and not even give them any lines, um, which is going to make it very difficult to express that Arwen is coming to this realization. Uh, I mean, she can have that conversation specifically with her friend. Um, at least give some. Right. I, she's wrestling I, with the question I, now. I see what you mean, right. The, the conversation with the friend establishes the ideas that need to be established. And then we right. just have, like, the two of them sort of suggestively there. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, we can... we can. I think we can make that work. The personifications of the two choices. Exactly. That's right. I, no, I, I have no problem with that. My, my question is, how are we going to leave the conclusion... How are we going to get to the conclusion that Arwen is realizing that she's going to have to decide this for herself if that's not... Said. No, in in the conversation with the, a friend. The dialogue with her, yeah. her friend. with a friend, yeah. Right. The friend the will come too someday. Arwen's little face should be kind of, like, confused, yeah. like, oh, will I? Should not, right. she, well, she should just kind of give kind of a non-committal nod. Not <laughs> right. Much. right, but will the audience understand what that means if, if yes. she's... Yeah. It doesn't matter yet. Let them figure it out in the next episode. It's fine. Like yeah. they they don't have to know everything. Um, Did you figure everything out in the Lord of the Rings the first week through? <laughs> right. But it's not just that well, either. Like I mean, it's actually everything to do with Arwen. We're just yeah. <laughs> we're just setting up. Uh, we're just. Yeah. I mean, think think of it as setting up the conversation she's going to be having in the next episode. Really, I mean, it's right. But I just yeah. don't want this to be something people could just skip without it mattering. No, no, no. It won't. It they'll get matter. it in the next episode. It's fine. One step at a time, they'll get it. Yeah, no worries. No worries. We okay. don't need to right. we don't need to get Dickensian so with it. All right. So we we have uh, episode six where we have so we have um the arrival in the, the so okay, hang on. Episode that's six that's arrival of yeah, we have Oh, we have the the birth of, of Feanor. Okay. That's yep. the birth of Feanor episode. Okay. So how is this? How is the so the the conflict of that episode is the fact that Muriel is putting putting so much into into her child. Um, the fading of Muriel and the fading of Calabrian are pretty obvious. Yeah. Right. Okay. So we so this is our our mirror opportunity here. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, get it, mirror. No, no, not the mirror of Galadriel. Not, this is one. There, there's, there's potential to use the mirror of Galadriel. Here. We don't have to do it. But I think it. Okay. 
be okay. All right. So, let me one way or another. I mean, I suppose we could use the the mirror further further along if we're not going to make it make the mirror reveal to be about Calabrian. Right. Um, so the frame here is now now we have. I mean, our our. So we have. Elwer here and Eladan are still there. Maybe they're getting ready to leave as well? Or are they going to stay for longer? They should stay because otherwise they would have left with the group that just left. Yeah, I was going to say that's the same true. thing. Okay, that's fair. All right. Um, so, if, so we can have them talking about Calabrian <laughs> continuing to be sick. And yeah, for me, this this goes back to the to the stuff that I bumped from from episode four, where now Armin's question is, why why did she have to leave? Like, what is I don't. First of all, it's it's not that different. It's of course obviously different for Calibrian, but it's not that different for me that she's in Valinor compared to being with the Orcs, right? It's still an absence, um, and. And so why why wasn't it enough? Why weren't we enough? Why did she right. have to go to literal heaven <laughs> to get healed? Um, which is, you know, it's I, I, I'm flipping it and kind of painting it at an absurd question, but that is kind of the question. Right. Why, why was I not why enough? Why did she leave? I think that's yes. a yes. perfectly reasonable question for a child to ask. Yes. And I do like the suggestion of, of flashing back to Elrond trying to treat his wife yeah. unsuccessfully. Uh, I mean, he treated all the physical ones. Right, right, but he doesn't treat her. He doesn't right. treat the real issue. It's the same way that uh, what's his face that Lorian can't. Lorian can't treat. Yeah, he can't fix Muriel. Right, exactly. Okay. All right. Now we're going to get into some uncharted territory. Then, it, do we feel like that's that that's good enough? What is what is where is Erwin getting there? Uh, I think, I think she has to reach kind of a mini catharsis about about the question of why wasn't I enough? Um, yeah, and I'm not totally sure how to do that actually. Well, so uh, let's look at the the boss expectantly. <laughs> well, Finway and Feanor are asking that same question, right? Yes, but it doesn't really but, get resolved for them. Yeah, but I feel like. You should get resolved for Arwen because it's been 400 years now. That's true. Well, not o- not only that, but like Arwen has to start making steps in the direction of stay or go now. Like from this point in the in the episode, she kind of has to. I mean, she's not. It's not going to be smooth sailing from here on out. But she actually has to start moving on the question. Like we've gone half of the season and she hasn't really made. She's just kind of coming to the realization that this this is in front of her. So now mm-hmm. she needs to make some developmental steps. Okay. Yes, so recognize her mom's decision as a good decision. This is the right decision for her mom. Right. right. Like she and has to be able to put it in that context. We get that from the twins, I I think. Yeah. We get sure. that from the twins. But who else is who else are we going to get that from? No, well, well it's their daughter we're talking about. Yeah, that's true. Like, okay. I don't I don't think we have to get it from somebody. Like she doesn't have to be told. You know what is correct. It it's it, it, she her understanding grows from 
I, the, I understand the, the conversations that you have. Yeah, I understand. Right. But we do have to. We we do have to say these things. I mean, like a yeah. lot of what we're, we're we're talking about here, like consistently over several of these episodes, we're talking about having about having like the these major story points told only in the facial expressions <laughs> of the actor. As I drop everything. <laughs> <laughs> last season at one point during your scripting session we were sitting down and going you know the hard thing about this frame is like much of the drama is like internal emotional and like interpersonal and it's really hard to just show that without you know you remember that 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 sounds to me like people who are inexperienced with the medium of film which we all are I understand that. What I'm, what I'm, I've, I've watched plenty of film, okay? I don't have That's a problem. That's a very with, different thing from making I, film. I, I understand. I understand. What I'm saying Internal is that... story conflicts it, like the one we're doing in this frame are notoriously difficult to convey because everything happens within the head of the character. Right, and that's that's fine. But it I informs all of the decisions that they make. So, I mean, we should be able to get to where they are by watching the choices that they make. That well, yeah. yes, but and but because there are no actual decisions being made, I we need to tell the audience something. Disagree with that assessment. Well, no, they, they, there's no actual like nothing. Nothing is taking place. The decision right. is she's not doing response. anything. Yeah, yeah. It keeps saying that, and it keeps being not true. No, 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 no. Listen to what I'm, listen to what I'm actually saying. Listen to what I'm actually saying. What I'm actually saying is that Arwen isn't choosing. To stay or to go, she's not going or staying at this point. Like she is staying, yes, but she's <laughs> not. The, the decision, the action is is not taking place. Okay, that's what I'm saying. So the decision is on, the decisions that are being made and the growth that is being made is only in Arwen's mind. And if nobody expresses these things, it's not it's not always going. Like we can't only depend on the audience somehow reading Arwen's mind because she makes the right face. Yeah, what I am saying is that the decisions that she is making are decisions of dialogue with discussions with other characters. Mm -hmm. They're decisions of, uh, well, yeah, of facial expression, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, there, there are decisions that are made every time anyone does anything in a scene, right? And all of those decisions of actors, of script writers, these are the decisions that I'm talking about. And um, I understand you're talking about thematic decisions and, and turns in character arcs. I want to. I want to. I want to back up that. several steps here. Um, uh, we need to. We well, okay. Two things. First of all, um, uh, in order to to really kind of make progress on the main issue, we need to sort of stay more. Um, uh, just to stay more overview here. Um, that is, uh-huh. you know, to, to, to kind of stay up a little bit further and just decide really basic things like in one or two sentences, what stuff is going to be happening, what convers- what characters are going to be interacting, what issues are going to come up in the frame. Let's not worry so much about how, the how yet. 
that's not really the, I think we're, we're kind of getting bogged down in that. The second thing is we need to wrap up pretty soon because we've been here for two hours <laughs> since we transferred to this medium. Uh, and we were already over in there and it's been now almost 12 entire hours that the webathon has been going on and it's getting late and many people are falling asleep uh, because it's very late and we've been around for a long My time. Heart weeps for them. So we should, I know it's tough. We've made really good, <laughs> but I think, you know, we, we, we made really good progress in talking about several of the, the big issues that we, uh, that we were wanting to, to kind of work out for the frame and things. And we, uh, uh, have, uh, you know, started a really good progression and worked through, I, I actually think we could get through without too much more time, but we don't have much more time, especially since we have to, we have to, we have to close up a couple other things. So, um, Let's, um, let's, let's, uh, I think we should, I think we should, we should, we should close. You guys can, can, can continue this obviously. And I look forward to, to seeing other things and we can come back. I would love to see a sort of, 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 a further outline, um, that we could then talk about in a, in a future episode to kind of revisit the, the, the question of the frame here. Um, I got, I, th- I think we've made great progress and a lot of, a lot of stuff has been done and it's really good. Um, but I think that, uh, uh, there are some people who are going to collapse and I might be one of them. Uh, so we should, <laughs> so we should probably <laughs> stop before too long. Um, and, uh, and I want to, to, to give the, the, the final update here. We have, um, um, uh, we have a, a winner of the veto power, the winner of the veto power. Yes. Yeah. So, um, uh, so I hope it's somebody who's never heard a single episode. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. So we had a, we had a second follow up donation made by one of the, one of our people who are in a tie. Uh, so, 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 so that, so that is, that is, that we, we will, uh, I, I, that you will never know when the hammer will fall, but uh, I'll be in touch with her and, uh, and uh, she'll be in touch with me and let me know, you know, when that, that, that day will come when she will step in and say, no, this is what's going to happen. So we'll see. That's going to be very interesting. Um, let me also wait, do wait, that. Wait, wait. Is this, is, does this person have like just straight up veto power in that we can propose something and they can say no? Yep. Or is it like, or do they, or can they say, no, it's not that. And it's this other thing. Do they, is it strictly veto power or do they actually get to determine something? So here, Dave is wanting to limit the powers that we're giving. To, to... <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't just know asking. asking for, yeah. wants to know the rules of magic. It's yeah. a perfectly as reasonable question. As described, veto power sounds like they get to say no to one thing and send us back to the drawing board. But, uh. Yeah, but if you're not careful, they could say no to like season one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you know, we talk about it. We could, there, there, there could be some give and take there. But I, I would say, you know, Dave, <laughs> Dave, primarily, primarily, uh, primarily veto power. You know, like if we decide we want to do a thing one way, and she will have the power to say no, uh, no, that's not what, how I want. And 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 I, I would think you're right. It doesn't mean the power of absolutely dictating this is this is all of exactly what's going to happen we we would then have to engage with that and discuss that but obviously we would that's something that we would uh, it's, it's that the we would take no, seriously it doesn't include the, the no and this other thing shall happen it, it it's not absolutely declaring the other thing should but but definitely definitely the no definitely to say no like this 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 shall not occur yeah uh, sounds good that'll be fun yeah. we'll just be We'll just be trucking along. 
yep. waiting for the axe to fall. And boom. <laughs> right. And you'll the never know when it will be. Exactly. Exactly. Never knowing. Afraid to be too to invest ourselves too heavily in any one particular. Uh... <laughs> yeah, we live with that every oh, yeah. time, all the time. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> hey, I'm having a. Because we never know what you're going to come back and ch- have changed. So you know that. Yeah. That's true. We we I'm having trouble feeling bad for you guys here. Got to admit. <laughs> really, this whole experience is just one characterized mostly by fear. <laughs> Which seems appropriate, really, considering well, considering we're taking on what could be considered the most difficult project ever ever imagined. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part about tonight is how we never got to kung fu fight about any of the things that I was really looking forward to kung fu fighting about. Really? Like what? Well, just we can't have another one. We can oh, always. I can't, even, I can't even remember now. You can't even remember what they so were. Yeah. yeah that's, I thought we. I mean, I was, I was, I was, I, I was all ready for the dust up about the festival, and that happened. So that was good. Uh, that wasn't even on my radar. So I, <laughs> it. I was like, "Yeah, festival done. What are we worried about?" <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, that's been one of the things that's been most obvious to me when looking at outlines and everything is that you guys have always been like, "Well, obviously the festival." And Dave and Trish and I, all three of us, have always been like, "What the heck is this festival? Like, we don't even understand." <laughs> Uh, I think we need to find a way to streamline this process. <laughs> oh, we're good. If only there was a uh, recorded archive of all of the discussions oh, really? that we had Seriously? somewhere available. I, I that would be start doing something. That would be so useful. That would be oh, useful. Man. Oh, wait, wait. I think I did think of something. <laughs> <laughs> now, if only there were more hours in the day. <laughs> so that they could actually so watch this. ramble on for, for five hours at a time. Okay. By the way, I have. I also have the the winner of the drawing that I said I was going to do. The the the, the two books that we are giving away. Um, Patricia Minger's book, uh, "The Magic Flute." So funny story, Patricia. Uh, you won it first, um, which seemed a little ironic. So I, I I redrew that one. If that's okay, Patricia, because I'm like, it's like I shall inscribe my book to myself. Um, uh, it just seemed a little awkward. Um, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, um, it's just that you'd save on shipping. Uh, anyway, um, so the, the, so the the uh, the the winner uh, is when I got let's see where where was it again? I've I've, I've left my okay. Here it is. Uh, Jantika Narsai. Jantika Narsai won that one, and. Um, and so I was going to give uh, 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 Patricia Minger the illustrated Silmarillion from Ted Naismith. So I, was, I just kind of bumped it down. So, uh, so very good. So congratulations to Patricia and Jantika for winning the drawings there. And I can give a final update about where we stand at the end of the webathon today. In the webathon, we raised seven thousand nine hundred and twenty-one dollars, oh, so wow. almost eight thousand dollars in today's webathon, which leaves our total for the day at forty-three thousand thirty-six dollars and seventy-two cents. That's that's the campaign to this point. We are now, you know, well over eighty percent of the way through our uh, uh, through our our, our our goal to for the uh, for the annual f- our, our our initial goal for the annual fund. Um, that is super exciting we are in uh, we are in a wonderful place here at the end of the campaign of course it's the end of the campaign doesn't mean it's the end of supporting signum university it's mostly just the end of me asking you to support signum university incessantly so um uh it, it, it will happen now with occasional cessations is what that means um so 
<laughs> so feeds unto itself. Exactly. Uh, so thanks again to everybody who uh, uh, who has participated. Thanks to everyone, to all of you who participated in our session here tonight, and to our other uh, uh, participants throughout the day. Um, to all of our donors and supporters who have made this fundraising campaign so successful and uh, have have set us up so well towards our, our our goals for the year. It's been it's been just wonderful, and I'm gonna going to let everybody go after almost 12 hours of, uh, of, 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 of faithful listening and participation here. Um, uh, 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 excellent. So, um, so, uh, so very good. So, uh, so, so thanks everybody for, for joining us and we'll see you guys again soon. We have another Silmarillion film. We go back to, to the normal Silmarillion film project uh, this coming Friday, right? We have our next episode where we get to talk about the Silmarils, right, this coming Friday. So we're going to be moving forward there, and we'll probably pick up on some, uh, on some of, the, some of the, the, the frame ideas there as well. So awesome. So thanks, everybody, for a wonderful and successful day, and I will see you guys all very soon. <laughs>